0: reptile this is how it
1: starts man
0: the world is getting crazier people are acting more and more insane the end of the world is tomorrow 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 there's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart listen to basil and as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of bible prophecy
2: you are listening to canary cry news talk
1: You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2020, episode 211, and this week, Cancel Christ. And I'm your silly, silly goose, Basil. And this is Grumpy
0: Gons. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast where we talk about biblical news about tomorrow, brought to you today... And on this episode, we're going to prove Daniel seven twenty one 21 in Revelation thirteen seven. What do you think,
1: Basil? Let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. Yeah. Um, good times. Good times, guns. You made it through the weekend. You have a good weekend there, pal? I did. Uh, good
0: Father's Day
1: weekend. Oh, yeah. Got to oh, spend time yeah. with the family. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's very fun. That's very exciting. My cats did not give me a Father's uh, Day A Father's Day. <laughs> a gift. Father's Day. I'm, it's 2020. I'm told I'm supposed to be celebrating Father's Day as a as a good old cat dad. You know, I'm a good millennial, um, but uh, alas, my cats did not get the did not get the the update, the Facebook update.
0: I was told the solar slash lunar eclipse on the summer solstice was supposed to shoot mm. down some space energies. That's supposed to yes. usher in something. I, I really didn't notice anything, and I think out here in the uh the united states uh the whole thing happened while we were in bed so maybe we woke <laughs> up and the, we are the, all the solar now.
1: eclipse happened at nighttime i it, yeah <laughs> yeah that doesn't work out i will say we did have a, uh, a I believe a producer of the show email us yesterday um uh wanting us to do a show yesterday to counteract yes. the magical yeah. effects of the uh The solar eclipse and those using, harnessing the power uh, for ill means, but uh, we got the message a little bit too late, but um, I believe that, uh, you know, those who need to be protected will continue to be so. Yeah, that was Incarnate Unlimited who messaged us, Ah. so uh,
0: sorry about that with the late notice, uh, well, at least us getting the notice later. But but good eye.
1: Good, good eye, eye, though. Your and, instincts, uh, good instincts.
0: Yes, and thank you for the message and um, keeping us, uh, you know, abreast of all the things going on around the world. Because we, you and I, we're just a couple of goofballs,
1: just a couple, just a couple know. of guys doing a podcast. I'm looking at the chat here. Uh, this is nice. We got some. We got Adam forty two in here in the chat on Twitch. Here every episode, I think Adam forty two might get the. Uh, the award for watching the most amount of live streams so there you go it's not an official award but a nice little nod there island girl dame island girl lynn is in the chat our first ever dame thanks very much for being here and of course flippy official we got to get flippy in here Mm -hmm. um okay any any more updates or anything i'm sorry i don't think
0: so Nothing nothing really in terms of updates. we got a lot to get to today, so we
1: should probably... (laughs) Yes, yeah. So let's jump right in. Let's start uh, with Flippy Update. (laughs) Flippy Update. Do you want fries with that? Uh-oh, Gons has his harmonica today. (laughs) I'm not a harmonica Some some live music into the thing here. I'll bust out my harmonica here later in the show. We'll have a little harmonica battle. You're
0: actually... Uh, Like a real harmonica player, I'm just an amateur goof on the harmonica. So, (laughs) watch out, everybody. Basil's going to
1: start. I won't. Not the. Yeah, you you flatter me. Let me. I've. It's just been so long. Let me just. uh.
0: (laughs)
2: no biggie i think my favorite part is your
0: googly Uh, eyes moving back and forth when you do that
1: (laughs) wiggling back and forth wiggling (laughs) wiggling yeah okay that's what they're there for okay so we're here on geekwire.com geekwire.com sorry got to get into the the mood here i'm trying i tried to get all my show burps out first um But we'll see what happens. The article, uh, the headline reads, Perseverance rover will go to Mars with a monument to COVID-19 medical teams. Perseverance, uh, as we've talked about before, is the next planned Mars rover. Um, So let's see what they have to say. The article reads, when NASA's Perseverance rover lands in Mars's uh, Jezero crater, Next February, it'll be carrying a tribute to the medical community and their work to quell the coronavirus pandemic. A three by five inch aluminum plaque showing planet Earth being supported by the ancient staff and serpent symbol of the medical profession will grace the left side of the rover chassis.
0: The left side. The left. It's
2: messaging. always the left it's side. It's all
1: messaging. Oh, those lefties! That's the uh, Caduceus their...
0: symbol there, the staff and serpent.
1: Yeah. do you, Do we need to do a a little refresher on that for everybody?
0: I mean, uh, I mean, I don't have anything pulled up. I
1: don't yeah. have anything pulled up, but yeah. Anyway, so there you go. We got the uh, the staff and serpent symbol going up on uh, the Mars rover as a paying homage to the medical profession. Uh, Here on Earth, so if any Martians find it, uh, then uh, they'll just know. They'll know what's going on. I I feel like that would be more confusing to Martians than anything else, but... (laughs) That's okay. Let's see if this article has anything more important to say. Um, Matt Wallace, the mission's deputy project manager at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, said the plaque Mm. recognizes the sacrifices that have been made by medical workers and also by members of the mission team who had to go to extraordinary lengths to keep the $2.4 billion project on track for launch as early as July 20. Uh, Quote, the community and the country and around the globe, everybody had to deal with this. Wallace said today during a briefing about the mission, I asked the team a couple of months ago if they would like to do something to symbolize and mark Mm. these challenges that we faced. And they designed something that we call a COVID-19 perseverance plate. So there you go. (laughs) COVID in space. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Thank you very much. Chili in the chat. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a it's an interesting symbol, the staff and serpent uh, regularly used for the medical profession um, in all sorts of ways uh, with biblical ties as well as occult ties. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of uh, it's a, it's a, it's a heavier thing than just kind of putting another little badge on the rover. Um, but, uh, maybe we'll go deeper into that. If you, if you need to look into it, uh, you, I recommend going down the rabbit hole of the both biblical and occult references of the staff and serpent, uh, right. emblem there.
0: And it was originally the rod of Asclepius, I think with one mm-hmm. serpent and they switched it up to the two serpents at some point. And the world health organization uses it. It's a, uh, and yeah, it does have biblical ties it goes back to Moses and the staff and the desert and things like that. So that's, you know, the occult, they always love to do uh, take things that are somewhat biblical and twist it around, but also just to mention here, NASA's jet propulsion laboratory is a kind of a giveaway as well. We know that uh, Jack Parsons, the occultist who did a lot of rituals was the guy who started JPL and, mm-hmm. um, and of course NASA never straight answer connection with uh The Nazi scientists project paperclip brought over all those occult scientists to start the space mission. And, uh, you know, it's it's all connected, tied in. We've covered a lot of those things over the years. So we won't dive into it on on the news talk here. But
1: Mr. Eyes 617 on the Twitch chat uh, said, thought it might be a statue of a nurse dancing. (laughs) I thought that that might be pretty good, like a dancing TikTok nurse, you know.
0: Yeah, real, I think that's a pretty good symbol maybe the but Martians the, would, uh, would like that more although
1: here's the thing you should put a little mask on the uh, Perseverance <laughs> rover
0: if you guys were watching the Trump speech back in, uh, on Saturday uh, in Tulsa he didn't mention something very interesting and I have it clipped here uh, mm. we're going to play the clip and then I'll play the ISO here
2: we will launch a new age of american ambition in space <laughs> and the united states will be the first nation to land on mars <laughs>
0: there
2: you go
1: so we got yeah, to- everybody was saying how humdrum that speech was but he got pretty worked up there for a second yeah worked up man well, this is a new age we will launch a new age a new age <laughs> the united states
0: so all okay. you trump lovers i don't know why here he's launching go. the new age i mean i, thought, I thought he was against the whole the very uh, illuminatus very suspicious but there he is launching the new age so that's right there you go
1: okay um what do you got any updates for me
0: we have yes we do have uh we have an interesting update here it's a kind of a it's kind of a covid psyop thing so let's let's do it this way. NSA
1: style, I more. Psyops. Psy-ops.
0: And this is one of those things that we we really don't have an article for it, but I first saw this tweeted out by Adam Curry, the pod father, the man who is uh, responsible for the podcast as a form of uh, uh, media, uh, or at least one half of it.
1: We also and, had it uh, sent to us by a listener as well as I see people are already uh, chatting about it in the chat. Right. So, right. so,
0: Adam Curry tweeted out this morning type into Google or type this into Google any three digit number plus new cases like this 333 new cases. And he explains what we see here is how news, quote unquote, is created. All resor- results are generated by government sources, many stories are automatically generated and parrot the government news release, in effect, bots. Agencies are creating minute-by-minute news releases. The media is amplifying them. And mm-hmm. what he's basically talking about, if you go to Google, and we're going to do a little live uh, example here, um, and I'm going to pick 666 because, you know,
1: 666. Because. Just new just cases, randomly,
0: no reason. Which is uh, interesting because it's already the first thing. I <laughs> Right when I typed in 666 <laughs> in Google, <laughs> the first <laughs> pop-up suggestion was new cases. And um, you hit it and you're going to see articles like from uh, this one from June 3rd, Virginia sees 666 new coronavirus cases, Ukraine adds 666 new cases. And um, let's try a different number. Let's try. We did the 322. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago, but we didn't realize yep. that it was a, uh, a lot more prevalent here. Uh, well, you got the debunking 322, but you also have. Oh, there's a lot of fact checking on the 322 claims. Um. But of course, we still have the 322, you know, new COVID cases. Arkansas 322, Mississippi 322. Uh let's pick another number. Basil, let's try
1: five. Uh, six, literally seven. any number. <laughs> any three, yeah, <laughs> I think
0: it works for some four-numbered sequences. Uh random five, six, seven. Okay, here we go. 567 new positive cases. West Virginia, 567 new cases. Um, Yeah. So the point being, and
1: and here's the thing, I spent about 20 minutes doing this and, you know, here was uh, the thing that really got me is, you know, if you choose just like a dozen random three digits, you know, you go three, two, two, three, five, six, six, two, one, you know, you just go through and kind of spread them out like that. You'll get a, a positive uh, you know, a page of positive results. But the thing that really got me was I started going in order. So I would do like 525, 526, right. 527, <laughs> 528. Every single number that you type in three digit number uh, there's a news reports about that many new cases of COVID, very suspicious. And yes, obviously being created um, uh, it just as it's not, maybe not as it's being searched, but you know, that that's uh, it's a crazy thing. You can sit there and do it for an hour and every number you try will come up, you know, in the first three results will be that exact number of COVID cases, you know, somewhere around the world. Now, you know, of course, in large number theory, you know, you put in, uh, with when you think about how many municipalities and news agencies there are throughout the world, eh, you can say, okay, there's probably a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers being reported, but it's really suspicious. I mean, literally any number you type in, there is a news article about that many people catching COVID. It's... uh It looks like coincidence.
0: Yeah. Most of it works between the numbers 100 and 999. Uh, There have been a few instances where the thousands work, but it's just very, it is suspicious. And I I think Adam is right here that there's some kind of aggregate thing going on here where literally they, they try to cover every number. Uh, There are articles are being pumped out every single day regarding COVID. And I think, you know, I think it's just, obvious that yeah. this is uh and of course of the...
1: people of course people in the chat are saying don't use google well i'm not using google i'm using duck go but also you know it's not about us finding these numbers it's about right. the world it's exposing the the system of uh you know googling things and uh, that's what the world uses so you know that's that's why we're looking at it like that
0: yeah so there you go. That's just a quick update from uh, from the interwebs. Something to keep in mind. Something to to be aware of because you know the uh, we're we're battling the algos. You know we're at yeah, war with right. the algos,
1: and that's there you kind go. of okay. new war Okay, I got a here. I got another update for you on. Uh, it's about all hairy legs. We
2: got hairy legs. <laughs> we got hairy legs.
1: <laughs> Still one of my oh, hairy notes. legs. Uncle Joe, Sleepy Joe, whatever you know him by. Um, I had something that came across my Facebook feed and it was a, a picture. I don't know if you can pull it up there, but uh, it was a picture of an article and the title is uh, integrating black students would turn schools into a jungle, a racial jungle. Then there's a picture of Joe Biden there and a quote attributed to him that says, I don't want my children to grow up in a jungle, a racial jungle, oh, no. which uh, which is, uh, of course, uh, very naughty. He, he can't be saying stuff like that. No. But, you know, of course, I thought, OK, well, did he really say this? Is it taken out of context? What's the deal? So I just searched. Uh, I searched the quote. And of course, the first thing that pops up is Snopes snopes popping up of course every the time the truth search. tellers <laughs> the truth tellers of our age <laughs> the fact-checking um, of course, giant that is yes. snopes of course good luck finding something on snopes that uh you know is uh goes says anything negative about uh hillary clinton or joe biden or really any democrat um but I was very surprised, Gons. Snopes.com. Did Joe Biden say he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle? Well, Snopes says that is a correct attribution. What? I know. I I couldn't believe it. I was planning on uh, bringing this Snopes article as a... You know, just to pick at them a little bit more because, of course, they would defend uh, Uncle Joe. But here we go. Uh, The Snopes Snopes article reads, in the 1970s, when Senator Joe Biden was a vocal opponent of busing as a means for desegregation or desegregating public schools. And that record haunts him in his bid to secure the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. In early March 2020, readers asked Snopes to verify a quote in 1970. 1977, in which Biden, then a U.S. Senator representing Delaware, allegedly expressed fear that desegregation, if not done in an orderly way, could result in his children growing up in a, quote, racial jungle with tensions having built so high that it is going to explode at some point. The quote was initially uncovered by Daria Roethmeyer, a law professor at the University of Southern California in July 2019, but as Biden emerged from Super Tuesday on March 3rd, 2020 as a potential frontrunner for the nomination. News stories containing the quote circulated anew. Among stories readers widely shared was July 15th, 2019 Business Insider story that reported, quote, former vice president joe biden is facing increased scrutiny over his record on bussing and racial issues and this week old comments resurfaced in which he said in 1977 that bussing for the purpose of desegregation was co- would cause his children to grow up in a racial jungle the quote is accurate as reported and then reads in full uh the well just for integrity purposes, we'll read it in full. Unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions having built so high that it's going to explode at some point. We've got to make some move on this. We contacted the Biden campaign for comment, but received no response in time for publication. Biden made the remark in 1977 during a hearing about busing school children in order to desegregate public schools. As the New York Times reported in a detailed delineation of Biden's history with busing, Biden at the time had emerged as the Democrats party Democrat Party's crusade. Seder against busing now listen to this taking the same side as segregationists Mm. Biden joined up with Jesse Helms the segregationist senator from North Carolina to offer his own anti busing amendment to that year's education spending bill Biden's advocacy made it safe for other Democrats to oppose busing the Times reported. Times further reported that Biden sided with Helms in 1975 when the latter when the latter proposed to strip the federal government's power to withhold funding from school districts that refused to comply with racial equality measures, uh, and then it goes on. Um, so there you go. But, you know, Biden continues. You know, it's nice to know that he's been putting his foot in his mouth for uh, 50 years now. <laughs> this is not a new thing. You know, there's all this talk about him, uh, you know, being, you know, getting older. You know, suffering from from not really knowing what's going on or where he is or what to say and what's okay to say and what's not okay to say. Uh, but uh, evidence shows that he's been on the wrong side of history for at least fifty years.
0: You know why? I know we're all doomed here, especially wow. <laughs> especially believers, because on, okay, on, yeah. our choices here for November are are literally we have on one end we
2: got hairy legs, got the job. we got hairy legs.
0: And look, I, I I get it. It's a little better, you know. It's better to be this. We
2: will launch a new age.
0: But I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> these, these. I don't like these choices, man. I, I don't like in... them
0: either. But it feels like the same type of uh, same type of thing going on. From it the last does feel. Time. It does feel like that. And so, speaking of which, go, uh, yeah. Mm. Thank you for the update. Joe yeah, a little
1: update on Joe. Continue, You know, it's this putting his foot in his mouth thing is not new. This has been going on for 50 years. Now, speaking of putting your foot in your mouth, I got one more update and then okay. we can uh, get into some stuff. Now, we talked about uh, Trump's ad getting pulled from Facebook and, and other social media places. I think specifically uh, Facebook for this one. Um, Where he had an ad pulled that featured an upside down red triangle, um, which was pulled because that was considered, I don't know, a symbolism of hate referring to Nazi concentration camps. Mm -hmm. So I looked into it a little bit. It didn't take much looking, but uh, just a little bit of looking. And I looked up a list of Nazi concentration camp badges and right here, the now they use triangles a lot. There's red triangles, green triangles, blue triangles, purple triangles. They all mean different things. There's a way of identifying, uh, you know, the prisoners in, in the uh, concentration camps. Now, the red upside down triangle, which is the one that was used in that ad, refers to political prisoners. So the, the political prisoners uh, of the Nazis And here it is listed. I'm just on the Wikipedia page for this um, entry here. And the red triangle was for political prisoners, which includes Social Democrats, liberals, socialists, communists, anarchists, gentiles who assisted the jews, trade unionists, so you know, but uh, sort of uh, you know, in american politics these are all left-leaning uh, democrat type of people. But then it ended with this. It also uh signified freemasons. <laughs> Interesting. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. Yeah. So Freemasons were included um, in this group identified with Red Triangle. So I thought that was very interesting and worth mentioning on the show.
0: Very good. Yeah. I mean, there you this go. Is a, nothing a nothing much else on. to
1: say about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still still weird. Yeah. But maybe maybe some of the some of the Freemasons in Facebook or at Facebook were upset. Maybe they were
1: triggered. Yes. Don't be mean to our. Our our communists and our Freemasons.
0: (laughs) Okay, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stories about canceling culture. Cancel culture. Ooh, that's a fun one. Yeah, and uh, let's see. The first story I have here is um, The Courier Daily. Hashtag Twitch Blackout trends on Twitter. Wednesday, June 24th will be Twitch Blackout Day. Basil? Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah this was that? interesting to, the hashtag, for us. We've yeah, obviously <laughs> been pushing people to Twitch for the past uh, three months or so.
0: I know all you Twitch people out there. See what happens here. The hashtag hashtag Twitch blackout is trending on Twitter in which people are requesting streamers and the viewers not to use Twitch on June 24th, Wednesday. People want the streaming platform to take a note of abuse, racism, sexual harassment, assault and rape. It's got uh, yeah, pretty intense mind mine uh, tweet uh, mentioning Mm -hmm. similar uh, sentiments there. After analyzing the tweets from this hashtag, one user shared that Twitch should itself ban some offensive words instead of the creators. As per, well, dang, it's tweet. There are certain inappropriate racist usernames that should be banned. Mm, Uh Uh-oh. Going after... As soon as we get here, of course, this, this yeah, well, of thing Yeah, well, don't have happens. a racist
1: username. That seems pretty easy. <laughs> just don't, be, don't have a racist username. I you know. should be fine. I know.
0: Uh, <laughs> some people are ready to uninstall the app from their smartphone just to avoid accidental opening of the app, while some creators <laughs> on the streaming platform have canceled the scheduled stream for Wednesday to support the movement. And uh, here's one guy. I'm Martin Fox saying he won't be streaming on uh, on Wednesday,
1: yeah, Others, dang. I mean, Wednesday is a show day for us, man. I, I know. Don't know. <laughs> We're, it sounds like the competition is going to be low. <laughs> yeah,
0: the day Canary Cry News Talk took over Twitch. <laughs> uh, other than this few, uh, other than this few streamers have committed to postpone their Wednesday stream to some other day. Oh, other than this, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I am Brandon said in a tweet, I plan not to stream on Wednesday for Twitch blackout. If you need to stream, do it. I want to stand by my fellow Twitch coworkers and users. Mm, Apart from this, some users of Twitch are saying that the content creators will suffer if they don't do the streaming. Uh, Seeing this XOXO Carly tweeted, if you want to hit Twitch in the wallet, donate directly to streamers instead of gifting sub bits.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. And I
0: like how this article has no mention of what, the actual reason yeah. for which blackout
1: really is well i actually have some some minor information on that and i i couldn't quite uh find any supporting documents but i do know some other people in the business and uh to keep it brief um saturday evening there was some uh, some some me too action going on with some twitch affiliated businesses Mm. Um, nothing within twitch that i know of but i know some businesses that sort of surround twitch uh had well the one in particular had uh had a me too moment mm. and that was uh apocalyptic for that company and i th- you know i don't have a direct connection between this uh twitch blackout and that um you know I- I- incident but i think think that it might have something to do with it.
0: So you're saying that it's not anything within the walls of Twitch, it's the Twitch affiliate type of companies that work with them type of deal?
1: I'm not sure. Now, I do know we have... at least a listener or two who are involved in the industry. Um, so, if they want to give me some more information and give me permission to talk about it, uh, maybe I'll talk about that on Wednesday. That would be well. I guess yeah. I could talk about it show on day. Twitch Blackout Day.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can literally be the the beacon of truth.
1: <laughs> yes, <So> bringing, <laughs> on Twitch bringing Blackout the news. Day. Yeah, but uh, from what I can tell so far, I believe it has to do with some some me tooing. Some people got me tooed, mm. and so it's caused a, quite a quite an issue with the Twitch community. Um, it may or may not be specifically why this blackout Twitch uh, Twitch blackout day is happening, uh, but I'll, I'll see what I can learn, see what I c- can uh, figure out, and we'll talk okay. about it on Wednesday.
0: All right. Well, I I noticed it trending too, and I thought, oh boy. Here we go. We're just getting everybody over on Twitch, and Twitch is going down I know. with the whole shit. Of ship. course.
1: The of c- course we're going to get uh, Yeah. Well, <laughs> we spend three months getting 1,500 <laughs> extra people to join the, uh, join the service, and then suddenly we will uh, be liable for the issues going on, where's we'll Bezos? See. We'll see what happens.
0: Is Bezos going to come out and damage control some of this with his robot that's dog? That's a great
1: on question. I have a feeling he won't. <laughs> I have a feeling he <laughs> will try to distance himself as yeah. much as he can. And you know, if it's not a problem within Twitch, um, then that's fine. That's his prerogative. Uh, but if the Twitch service itself uh, has some sort of liability or responsibility, then yeah, we'll see what he does.
0: Okay. Well, we got more, okay. uh, more updates on the canceling front
1: here. Cancel. Yeah. I will say just a little public service announcement. Gons, occasionally, uh, your voice turns into a robot on my side. So okay. if other people are experiencing that on the stream, it's not because it, well, it's probably not because of Twitch or YouTube or wherever you're uh, listening. I think it's a Skype issue. Am I? How do I sound over there for you? Still you sound fine? fine
0: to me, and and okay. maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's but, my
1: download speeds or something. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we're all ready to become cyborgs over
0: here. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. So there's uh, I'm going to look at this tweet first, and then we'll get into a story to sort of back it up here. Um, but there's a tweet that went eh, kind of viral, uh, and it's uh, from at Joe Aman, Joe Amon. And the part of this, this is just triggering the conservative right-wing type of people here. But let me just read through some of this, okay?
1: Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I just got so distracted. I'm sure we'll give a shout-out to this person during the first break. But there is a user in the chat named Daddy Basil's Little Boy.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, you're having children now through the Twitch. <laughs> yeah, now I, I get to children. have a
1: Father's Day now. Oh, there you 30, go. this little boy. Thank you for being here, son. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt. Continue. Weird. Okay, so, yes,
0: this person <laughs> said in a tweet, since conservative Christians keep coming at me, here. And she lists, like, a bunch of stuff here. First, she says, I'm a Christian, and I believe proselytizing is violence against another I am a Christian and I believe LGBTQ plus people are divine and should lead us. I am mm. a Christian and I learn a lot from people who do not share my faith. I am a Christian and I don't go to church. I am a Christian and I don't believe the Bible is the word of God. That one triggered me. How do you, how do you call mm. yourself a Christian and say that? I mean, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. It's interesting. There's, uh, a bunch there's of other things. Wide range. Wide range They're of identifying, things. identifying,
1: guns. You can identify it as whatever you want.
0: Yeah, sure. And then uh, there was one more thing that she said that was that didn't make any sense to me. She goes through a whole bunch of stuff here, you know, a lot of the whole left leftist type of thinking here. And um, actually, I think my tweet just sort of summarizes it, uh, where I stated, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I lost it. Um, where is my tweet on it? Here it is. Uh, I quoted her saying, "I am a Christian and I don't believe the Bible is the word of God," and I put an eye roll because eye roll. And then she said, I'm a Christian and I do as I please. Ooh. And I said, and I added, AKA do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law <laughs> quoted by occultist Aleister Alistair Crowley, because that's what he was basically saying.
1: Right. Yeah. And the
0: whole point here, the label or the title Christian really doesn't mean anything. If that's, if the way she's defining a Christian is what Christian means now. I mean, or doesn't mean it doesn't I don't mean anything know what the if the
1: definition you, is what is the definition
0: I mean technically uh, it's supposed to be a follower of Christ that's really the right. basic sort of definition of and I get it you know Catholics are called Christians I, I understand that there, it's a loaded phrase and and, mm-hmm. and it's been a long time coming in terms of the the title not meaning really what it meant uh, uh-huh. but at this point if you're going to have this discussion and we're going to cancel everything here it doesn't being a Christian in this sense, doesn't mean anything. This person doesn't really stand. And look, some of the other societal issues, whatever, the LGBTQ stuff, the white supremacy stuff, like she can have her opinions on that and whatever. You can be a liberal type of of Christian.
1: You know, if you want to go from the actual biblical narrative, yes, white supremacy and racism is condemned by the Bible.
0: Right. And and I understand they love your enemies. There's a lot of like biblical things, but. If you're gonna sit there and say I'm a Christian, I don't believe the Bible is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. What are you standing on? Like the the Bible right. says that He is the it was Word. Cultural at that point. It's just a cultural title. It's just a a phrase or a, or a, a I don't know. It's it loses its meaning, and that's part of the whole 1984. You know, loss of all words and history and all that kind of stuff going on here. Yeah and
1: the de- the de defining of vocabulary.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. and the there's a, there's an article that I wanted to bring up as part of uh, adjacent to this topic, and it's on okay. religionnews.com. Evangelicals perfected cancel culture. Now it's coming for them. And we mentioned yeah. the uh, the idea of Christians being sort of the first cancel culture types, or at least like the evangelical Baptist kind of movement in the Ameri- uh,
1: American evangelical Protestant right evangelicals yeah. right.
0: And the, the article starts off talking about Chris Hodges, which we mentioned a few episodes ago, liking a Trump tweet and being canceled for that. And, um, so we know about that. So, uh, I'll just start off halfway through the article here. Hodges has been canceled a term for what happens when, uh, people most often on social media, but increasingly in quote unquote, real life band together and employ shaming tactics to block a person from having a platform. It can mean boycotting the target's businesses, refusing to consume their books or films, or pressuring friends, colleagues, and activists to denounce them or formally cut ties. And it says, ironically, evangelical Christians who now decry what happened to Hodges are well-practiced at this treatment. While cancel culture may be a recent phenomenon, public scapegoating, shaming, and silencing tactics are not. Following the cultural upheaval that began in the 1960s, the conservative Christians bathed in a sense of loss. By the mid 1970s, traditional American Christian values were on the decline in favor of a new kind of pluralism to protect themselves. Leaders of the newly formed religious right argued a kind of Christian cultural separatism in which all that was deemed evil will be cut from or cut off from all that was deemed holy. Among their enemies were liberal politicians, social justice activists, feminist professors abortion rights act uh, advocates secularists pornographers hum- humanists atheists hollywood moguls uh, civil rights leaders working moms and stay-at-home dads uh i don't know I, i've never really seen working mom and stay-at-home da- dads as being canceled in that sense but I, but i get it you know there was that sentiment in the especially the south there Uh, Throughout the 80s and 90s, church youth groups coordinated book burnings and music bonfires to purge their world of evil art. On any given night of the week, televangelists and Christian activists could be found on cable news attacking their enemies by name and blaming them for the moral decay of America. Which I got to say, there is something to be said about that. This is written by Jonathan Merritt who is uh who's a pretty staunch leftist and he's uh you know he's more of a progressive christian if you will uh, new york times bestseller and all that kind of stuff and i've had some interactions with him on twitter but it, you know <laughs> he makes this point about the moral decay being like oh they're blaming the moral decay on these types of things and i would argue yeah like a lot of those things did decay our morals and values at large and desens- desensitized the public you know, to accept more and more of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that's in- inaccurate, um, but it keeps going here. Evangelicals tried to level best to smear and shame any person or organization who didn't behave or believe appropriately in order to forcibly craft a society according to their Christian values. When the target of their wrath wasn't vulnerable to their smears, they used the formal most tool of cancel culture, the boycott. In 1997, the 16 million member Southern Baptist Convention boycotted the Walt Disney Company, which they Ooh. perceived to be too gay-friendly. And uh, mm. again, it's like okay, there's a point being made by the Southern Baptist Convention that is absolutely, I think, correct. Not just the gay thing, but just you know the, the sexualization of the young young people. Um, Well, of
1: course, Disney has a long history of uh, sexualizing cartoons for children, even in subliminal ways. I mean, a very interesting little rabbit hole to go down, uh, and and that would be enough.
0: And while Disney's occult ties and some of his things, there's plenty. It doesn't have to be the gay thing, although that's, I get it. That's sort of the the surface level thing they went after. Uh, Two years later, Jerry Falwell Sr., founder of The Moral Majority, Famously led an effort to boycott boycott the Teletubbies, a children's television program, because he got an inkling that Tinky Winky character was covertly gay.
1: I remember that. Do you remember that?
0: <laughs> I remember yeah. the show being disturbing. I, I didn't really watch <laughs> it as a kid or anything. But. Definitely
1: a weird show, but in a you know in a long history of weird children's shows. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember is because the purple Teletubby carried a purse. And oh, suddenly okay. we, you know, you, we had was it before, the
0: Teletubbies. Was it before the man purse was really a thing or?
1: Oh yeah. No, man. That, 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 t- t- tinky Winky or whatever his name was. Uh, yeah. He, he was a, a pioneer of the man purse, the man bag.
0: Did I uh, offend the YouTube channel? Cause I, I, I see that there's like 300 people that just logged off YouTube on the face, like the sun channel. Oh, well, uh, whatever.
1: I don't know. Maybe
0: eh, it Watch matter. your
1: mouth. Or get canceled, guys.
0: <laughs> Getting canceled by YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's uh, somebody said YouTube cut the stream off. It says the stream ended 82 minutes ago. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we
1: haven't even been going for 82 <laughs> minutes. Wow. YouTube used the uh, the time machine to cancel us <laughs> too far in the past. Well, there you go. Another reason to uh subscribe over on twitch.tv canarycryradio slash Canary Cry Radio for just such an occasion. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, let's Weird. see if I can pop the link into the chat here. We'll see if I can do it with my okay my robo hands. All right, a couple continue. more,
0: a few more paragraphs here. In 2012, the evangelical group One Million Moms, part of the American Family Association, led a boycott of J.C. Penney after comedian Ellen DeGeneres, an out lesbian, was named the depart, uh, department store chain's spokesperson. White evangelicals' cancel culture did not just target those outside the camp. If a member of the community dared to deviate from the uh, what the majority called orthodoxy, that person, too, risks being run out of town. Beginning mm-hmm. in the 1970s, a group of Southern Baptists led by now disgraced preacher and seminary President Page Patterson and other conservative leaders sought to purge their denomination of any hint of liberal, liberal theology. Seminary professors, church employees, and pastors lost their jobs or were shamed out of the convention during the this denominational civil war. Known as the conservative resurgence or the fundamentalist takeover, depending on your point of view, the coup Patterson led was a massive exercise in, of a uh, cancel culture. Only true believers allowed anyone who crossed the masses was expelled quickly and forcibly um, beyond the SBC. One of the best known examples of evangelical cancel culture involved the public shaming of author Rob Bell, a former megachurch pastor who dared to question whether non-Christians went to hell after they died. Strictly, Bell was not canceled, but farewelled. Uh, the patent online move was simply to bid farewell Rob Bell, next to a link to his apostasy. Suddenly, anyone who was friends with Bell, owned books by Bell, or even dared to quote Bell's earlier work, were, uh, was at risk of being canceled as well. Since then, other Christian writers, including Jen Hatmaker and Rachel Held Evans, found their books no longer welcome in Christian bookstores due to their support for same-sex marriages. Now the tables have turned. Something shifted in 2016 after the election of Donald Trump. The rapidly proliferating groups evangelicals had been marginalizing and attacking women, people of color, feminists, immigrants, LGBTQ people recognized that they had their own pulpits on social media. They began to sermonize back. This great awakening <laughs> has flipped the awokening. script. I know. That's funny. Has flipped the script on cancel culture and white evangelicals are calling for a rewrite, which is how Alabama pastor Chris Hodges found himself shut out of his high school auditorium rentals and why conservative Christians and their political allies quickly set up a howl of fury. Uh, It kind of goes on here. There's a little bit more. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Jonathan Merritt states here that they are reaping what they have sowed. Evangelicals' "boycott for thee, but not for me" approach is not just drenched in irony; it's a cautionary tale about a central idea taught in most major religions: what goes around often comes back around. And again, not agreeing entirely with the the post here, other than to say that yes, evangelicals were sort of the the model uh, cancel culture types. Yeah, um, the OG
1: cancelers.
0: Yeah, and and certainly the tactics that they used are being practiced now, uh, precisely to go after Christians and evangelicals and everything else. And and really, it's just to me, it's just a culture shift. You know, it's it's who who is really the spokesperson or the the public front of culture. And if you think about the '60s, '70s, '80s, counterculture was, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, and and you know, it, it was all the stuff that was against the mainstream whitey tidy culture. Well, now that that's flipped, obviously the methods have flipped and, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying, Hey, why don't we just look for the truth here, regardless of what group you're in, what's
1: this, It's the swinging pendulum is what it is. I mean, it's the the historical pendulum, which we see, you know, if you look through history, it's not a straight line or uh, an arc in one direction or the other. It is a pendulum swinging back and forth. And that's definitely a place that we are at um, in America today, as well as Christianity and pretty much in every sector of life, um, but American politics, as well as the sort of social atmosphere of America, you know, it, it swung one way with Obama, then it started swinging the other way. Um, right. And, you know, it's just kind of part of life. It, that's one thing that, you know, I, uh, for me personally, when you recognize that the pendulum is going to swing back and forth Uh, Every few years and maybe every decade, if we want to be kind of conservative about it, Um, it it gets a lot less stressful because it's always swung one way and it always swings back around the other way. And that's just kind of the way that history has been working. Um, So this doesn't come as a big surprise to me, Um, but it is interesting and it's important to note the history of this uh, cancel culture. Which is a new term. Remember, you know, the the cancel call. it used to just be called boycotting, where if some company didn't like, uh, you didn't like what some company was doing, you just uh, didn't patronize that company now with the uh, technology where it's at and social media and things like that it's really turned into cancel culture where you can you know if there's a TV show or something that crosses a line that enough people don't appreciate uh, suddenly all the advertisers will stop start pulling out. It's like an elevation of the the art of war of cancel cancel culture. <laughs>
0: Well, it's kind of like, uh, the thing is, cancel culture, in my opinion, from the evangelical side was more just like a boycott, whereas with this with this other cancel culture, it's like you lose your business. It's it's a lot yeah. more intense coming from the, the other, way, at least nowadays. Consequences
1: I mean, surely are, are much higher now than they used to be. It seems that way.
0: Anyway, I don't yeah. know. Maybe there are examples that we don't know of, of cancel culture-ish type stuff that, uh, swing the other way. But in terms of just, uh, the severity of the consequences, it does seem a little bit more intense now, like the pastor not being able to, you know, feed the homeless <laughs> because, right. because he liked a Trump tweet as right. opposed to maybe, you know, some evangelicals doing an exposed sermon about Disney or something. and And it's not like Disney lost any business. You know, if anything, they probably got some business from people yeah, well, that hate I Christians. I mean, they may have
1: lost some business, but of course, they're, they were able to weather the storm and come back. All you got to do is wait the, these things out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll so, be interesting if if we are uh, <laughs> if we are uh, destined to do this show for another <laughs> ten years.
0: Yeah,
2: we'll, we'll be see.
1: Uh, talking about the same type of stuff, just with the pendulum swi- swinging the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, we will we will stay on the narrow path here and try not to swing too you know too much one way or the (laughs) other. Yeah, right. Uh, But it it doesn't end there, Basil. They're starting. They want to cancel all kinds of stuff, and and the statue thing is another topic to get into. Yeah, lots of
1: very interesting statue stuff. Cancel Um, Dolce. So uh yeah let's see here the this is uh we're gonna take this from newsweek but of course this is all over the place yeah. but this is uh, an interesting thing that came out um newsweek.com article is titled statues of jesus are next matt schlapp decries monument removals uh the article reads chairman of the american conservative union matt schlapp has denounced the removal of confederate monuments Ooh, that's a good way to get canceled, buddy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Claiming that statues of Jesus are next. A number of monuments honoring Confederate leaders have recently been defaced and torn down by Black Lives Matter protesters, including those in Virginia, North Carolina, California, Oregon, and Alabama. Quote, statues of Jesus are next. It won't end. Pray for the USA, Schlapp tweeted. On Saturday, as a result of a series of protests across the U.S., North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper officially ordered the removal of of all Confederate monuments on Capitol grounds. Quote, monuments of white uh, to white supremacy don't belong in places of allegiance. And it's past time that these painful memorials be moved in a legal and safe way, uh, said Cooper in an official statement, quote. I am concerned about the dangerous efforts to pull down and carry off large, heavy statues and the strong potential for violent clashes at the site. Uh, That's actually an interesting point. I didn't consider that tearing down these big statues would be super dangerous to anybody standing around. Uh, Amid protests, Birmingham, Alabama, Mayor Randall Woodfin asked people to stop their attempts to demolish the century old 52 foot Tall Confederate Sailors and Soldiers Monument in Lynn Park for safety reasons and said he would finish the job himself. Quote, Allow me to finish the job for you, the mayor said to a crowd of protesters via megaphone at the end of May. I wanted you to hear it directly from me, but you need to stand down. Stand down! The vandalized statue was later removed by city officials, prompting the Alabama Attorney General to bring legal action against the mayor for dismantling the monument. The mayor's orders were in breach of the Memorial Preservation Law passed in 2017, and those breaking the law could face a one-time $25,000 fine. Recent anti-racism mass protests were sparked by the death of George Floyd, a 46-year-old African-American. On May 25th, Floyd died died after a white officer kneeled on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds while arresting him on suspicion of using a counterfeit $20 bill. Statues around the world have been targeted by protesters in solidarity with the Black Lives Lives Matter movement, including effigies of men who profited from the Atlantic slave trade. A statue of Christopher Columbus was torn down in Richmond, Virginia, and an effigy of slave trader Edward Colston was taken down in Bristol, England. Following the removal of the Colston statue, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said to remove statues is to, quote, to lie about our history. Uh, hmm. Meanwhile, in New Zealand, authorities took a proactive approach in the city of Hamilton and removed a bronze figure of Captain John Hamilton, a British naval captain who commanded a colonial regiment in the fight against indigenous Maori people in the the 1860s before it could be vandalized or torn down by protesters. The Maori Party's co-leader, Debbie... Oh my gosh. Debbie Gariwa Garui, Packer. <laughs> wow. That was hard. Uh, has called for an, inquir- an inquiry to identify and remove the other monuments and place names that symbolize racism and oppression. Quote, it may not appear racist to some, but those who it affects and to those whose history was most impacted, it does. It just simply does. And it's wrong. And we should be part of that solution. Uh that person said we're not saying first of i don't want to disrespect this person by having such a hard time with their name uh we're not saying first of all that they should should all be pulled down what we're saying is that there are some that no longer fit who we should be as a nation so there you go. I, I, I also there's a lot of things I want to say about this article, but uh, of course, this has been happening a lot in uh, uh, the United States, um, all across the United States. I was kind of unaware of how many of these types of statues were even uh, closer to the West Coast than I expected guns.
0: Well, they're happening uh, um, in other parts of the world, too, including uh, other countries. But also uh, we didn't mention it last time, but they did pull down an Albert Pike or maybe we did mention it—an uh, Albert Pike statue, which we know is right. uh, f- open Freemason—and uh, you know, I, I saw different sentiments. Some people saying they got one right, and uh, you know, I think Trump <laughs> actually defended—or not defended, but you know, was against pulling that, pulling the Pike statue down. Which again, uh, yeah, goes to show maybe where he's at with everything. But you know, um, at first I was really. You know, kind of like, uh, well, why are they doing this? This is really kind of dumb. And I still think that it's not necessarily appropriate. And, and really my stance is that, you know, the troubling thing isn't so much the, uh, well, here's, I think I put it this way in a tweet. Uh, it's, it's the no consequence vandalism. That's a little bit more troubling than the subjects right. that, that are being torn down. And, you know, if you you can tear down a statue of Jesus and, you know, I I get, you know, certain Eastern Orthodox have a view on, on iconography and it's, it's an interesting approach to how you worship and things like that. But Jesus is not in the statue, you know what I mean? And a lot of times the the representation (laughs) of Jesus is not really necessarily accurate either so in that yeah. sense, it's kind of you like. You don't
1: worship a statue of Jesus. And of course, if you're in the know, if you've listened to this show for long enough, you'll know that uh, the the images that we have of Jesus uh, were modeled after the son. What was it? The son of, uh, not the son, the nephew of a pope. Um, right. You know, the, the sort of uh, beautiful looking white man <laughs> with blue eyes and a beard. Uh, that was the nephew of, uh, I don't have it right in front of me. One of the, I had the name in Um, my,
0: in my head the other day and somebody in the chat will probably have it, but, uh, look it up real quick because I know who you're talking about.
1: So Um, this is one of the issues. If you don't mind, I'll take it from where you left off there. Um, But you make a great point being, you know, as Christians, we don't worship a statue of Jesus. You know, a statue of Jesus is, you know, a nice thing to have around, but, uh, you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't have any effect on your faith or how you worship or anything like that. I do have an issue with this article specifically and with this Matt Schlapp guy um, kind of equating uh, confederate. Statues with statues of Jesus, right? Uh, for obvious troubling reasons, and you know, I gotta say, guns. I was kind of on the same side for a while too. You know, with the tearing down of statues, and my my stance was kind of like, well, you know, it's it's a little bit of the 1984 erasing history thing, and you know, if we erase all of history, we're we're kind of in. In danger of repeating it, that that was kind of my general stance for a while, right? Um, but you know, again, I took a second and and talked to some people and tried to kind of really understand what the thinking was behind it. And of course, that the consequenceless vandalism is is its own issue. But uh, you know, to people who those statues, you know, don't they don't represent the same thing? Now, I'm a West Coast kid. I I really don't have any connection to the South or the Confederacy or, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, except that giant Confederate flag that was on your car. Oh my God. Just
1: kidding. (laughs) My my sweet muscle car. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a kid who has no connection to the Confederacy or the South or any sort of, uh, you know, history. Uh, That's not my history. So, you know, take that for what you will during this conversation. But, you know, I kind of understood. I, I didn't really like the concept of erasing history. I didn't really like the concept of that. But, you know, after talking with some people about, you know, how would you feel if there was a statue to the guy who enslaved your ancestors and that type of thing? I mean, it it, it makes sense. It's not a it's not a absurd notion that that would make people uncomfortable. In fact, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but what really kind of shifted my perspective and maybe kind of back up and take more of a, you know, 30,000 foot view of things is uh, somebody tweeted, and you know what? I should have put the tweet in my notes here, so I'm going to just have to uh, paraphrase it. But basically, the paraphrasing was, you know, Satan himself is a big part of Christian history. You know, if we're just making the the historical uh, context of these statues, Satan was a is was a big, uh, a big piece of Christian history. Right. But I would be pretty uncomfortable if there were statues of Satan uh, all (laughs) around, which, of course, there are (laughs) in some places in the US. A lot of the Catholic churches,
0: too. They they depict like demons and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, of course, during the whole movement of taking down the uh, statues of the Ten Commandments, there's been Baphomet statues that go up and stuff like that. And it is uncomfortable and we don't like it. There's the Moloch statue that went up at the Vatican, all sorts of stuff that, uh, yeah, if I had a chance, if, if, if situations were reversed and, you know, there's a mob of people pulling down the Baphomet statue, I probably wouldn't be complaining so much. Um, But that being said, yeah, if, uh, you know, if there's a statue of Satan in my town or near my church or in my church, God forbid, uh, I probably would be for tearing that down. uh, History be darned as well. (laughs) So it did kind of give me a a little bit wider of a picture of what we're dealing with here. Um, And again, you know, I don't have not a big fan of mob mentality not a big fan of erasing history um but uh, i it is an understandable uh, idea now again there's the criminal aspect and things like that i kind of uh you know the you know these mayors being like yo this is unsafe stop <laughs> stop destroying things <laughs> we'll Somebody's take them down cur- just uh yeah. just
0: let's just do it safely you know let's, uh,
1: right yeah just let me take the professionals it down for to you do no <laughs> need to put any lives at risk here so i think that's a better uh way to do it if the statue is going to come down let's let's use a crane people not uh Not a, you know, a Prius and a tow strap. Right. Um, So, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Just to reiterate real
1: quick, just really quickly, I am uncomfortable with uh, this Newsweek article and this Matt Schlapp guy um, kind of equating statues of Confederate leaders and soldiers and things like that with statues of Jesus. I don't think those two things should be equal. equated even in rhetoric because who knows i mean i I don't know i don't even know of any statues of jesus in america (laughs) have you ever (laughs) seen a statue of jesus in america i think
0: yeah i've seen some
1: have you i have not seen maybe like outside of a church or something but i've never Uh, seen a public statue of jesus
0: i think there's especially kind of in your more catholic uh places i've seen little statues and nothing huge
1: yeah, but, sure. Yeah, you're talking oh, yeah, about yeah. big statues, I- iconography, that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Iconography is one thing, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. A huge statue ah. is a whole other thing. This uh, is
1: why I love having the chat. Seeking the Kingdom 76. It was Caesar Borgia is who yeah, the Borgia. image of the Bor- Europe- Bor- first, okay, European first, European looking Jesus was modeled Cesar after.
0: Caesar Borgia, but also yeah. uh, people in the Twitch chat mentioned it well before the YouTube okay. chat. So just to okay. let you know, Good also job, Twitch. that, you win again. that claim is not necessarily accurate though. I've looked into some of that and yeah, um, it's, it's not it entirely shouldn't. accurate. It's, there is some truth to the fact that there's some, you know, depictions po- uh, post that Pope that was uh, at the time. But if you go back to um, the catacombs of Rome and stuff like that, there's depictions of Jesus that, that resemble, uh, a more, I guess, white or fair-skinned Jesus, well before Caesar Borgia and yeah. the whole you know yeah. thing there. So, yeah, there's some truth. I also, uh,
1: I also do want to bring up a quick little thing too, and I need to do a little bit more digging, but I saw it uh, just when I was researching something else, um, and that was you know, there's a lot of talk about Christianity being the the religion of the oppressors. You know, of course, uh, the, the Christianity being the the major religion and in the new world when slaves were being brought over. Um, But, uh, you know, and Christianity is often thought of as the, you know, the white religion and the American religion and, uh, you know, the origin, the religion of the oppressors. And actually uh, there's a lot of historical evidence, physical historical evidence that Christianity was in Africa way before it was, you know, sort of Europeanized. Uh, You know, you've got Dead Sea Scroll type documents in Ethiopia thousands of years before, um, you know, the new world was even discovered. So, you know, there you go. The the Christianity was in Africa before it was in America or even many parts of Europe. So something to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's again, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you've always heard the phrase like history is written by its victors. And there's a lot yeah. of truth to that, you know? So what we get as history is just a small snippet of what probably happened. And just one narrative of what happened, especially in like, you know, as you edu- public education and stuff like that, uh, even your alternative history is maybe a counter to the, you know, the official narrative we've received as kids. But even that mm. is still, we just don't know, you know, we just don't know exactly what went on, how much of, you know, And I I think that's why it's very fascinating to think of the faith as this, especially the Christian faith as having to do with, not with genealogies, you know, don't, don't focus on genealogies and that sort of thing, because it doesn't really matter in the end. It's more of a, it's more of a faith. It's not really dependent on genealogies or the color of your skin or anything like that. But of course we're at this point in history where everything is, everything is being uh, seen through the lens of color. And, you know, you can't avoid it at this point because people have that, that notion. But, you know, we have another story here that's right along these lines here. So let's, let's get into that's also part of the cancel culture. Yeah, real quick while
1: you do that, guns, I think it is, I think it is your internet connection that's causing some trouble. So if you have some extra stuff streaming or something, see if you can clean that up a little bit and I will give uh, just some advice. To uh, people watching the live stream, um, if you hover over the video, uh, click the little gear button and go to quality and turn your quality down. It will uh, quit that buffering for you. Just a little tip, little little tech tip. Basil's tech tips.
0: Oh no, my our bit rate, our upload bit rate right now is three six six six. It's stuck. Oh yeah. On three six six six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moved off. That's of it not now. very Thank you. good. Uh, this is Amp.TheGuardian.com. Calls for redesign of royal honor over offensive image. Campaigners are calling for the redesign of one of Britain's highest honors personally bestowed by the queen because they say its badge resembles a depiction of a white angel standing on the neck of a chained black man. Oh, and you can see the image here for those watching. <laughs> That's cultural <laughs> appropriation. We're gonna get banned even more.
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: The Order of Saint Michael and Saint George is traditionally awarded to ambassadors and diplomats, uh, diplomats and senior foreign office officials who have served abroad. It has three ranks, the highest of which is Knight Grand Cross, C or a GCMG, followed by Knight Commander, KCMG, and Companion. Uh, the imagery. On the awards badge portrays St. Michael trampling on Satan, but campaigners say the image is reminiscent of the killing of George Floyd by white police officers in the U.S. that led to worldwide protests. A petition calling for the medal to be redesigned has attracted more than 2,000 signatures on change.org. The petition started by Tracy Reeves says, quote, this is a highly offensive image. It is also reminiscent of the recent murder of George Floyd by the white policeman in the manner uh, presented here in this medal. We are undersigned. uh, We, the undersigned, are calling for this medal to completely redesigned in a more appropriate way and for an official apology to be given for the offense it has given. (laughs) Boomy Thomas. I like that name, Boomy or Boomy. Boomy Thomas. A Nigerian British singer, activist, and specialists, uh, specialist in visual communication said the imagery on the badge was clear. It's not a demon. It is a black man in chains with a white, blue-eyed figure standing on his neck. It is literally mm. what uh, happened to George Floyd and what has been happening to black people for centuries under the guise of diplomatic missions, active subliminal messaging that reinforces the conquest, subjugation, and dehumanization of people of color. Quote, it is a depiction on a supposed honor of the subjugation of the black and brown people of the world and the superiority of the white, a construct, a construct born in the 16th century. It is the definition of institutional racism that this image is not only permitted, but celebrated on one of the country's highest honors. Whilst statues are being pulled down and relocated, emblems and symbols of this nature also need to be redesigned to reflect a more progressive, holistic relationship between Britain and and the Commonwealth nations. Sir Simon Woolley, the director the, and one of the founders of Operation Black Vote, which campaigns for greater representation of ethnic minorities in politics and public life, said he was appalled by the badge. Quote, the original image may have been of St. Michael slaying Satan, but the figure has no horns or tails and is clearly a black man. It is a shocking depiction. By the way, there's, no, there's nothing that says that Satan has horns or tails in the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs>
1: no that's true
0: uh it is a shocking depiction and it is even more shocking that the image could be represented to or presented to ambassadors representing this country abroad he said blah 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 we get it we get we get the, the notion here so they're asking yeah to, uh, racism change no. it up racism white go. people stepping yeah, on you the know black this guy. one's
1: this one's really hard for me to care about very much <laughs> I do like uh get saved now in the Twitch chat said UK redesigning metals in the U S is redesigning pancake syrup. <laughs> you know
0: what? <laughs> that really sums up where we're <laughs> that at. Really. Sums up, that, yeah. That's a really good way to summarize our state of the, the state of the world. <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah. I mean this, I I don't know with everything going on. I can kind of understand it. It's, you know, for us, for me, at least it's uh yeah of course demons and devils have always been portrayed as sort of you know dark figures right. uh not necessarily you know african skin color but uh, dark figures and of course angels and things like that are always shiny and white um so but you know I, i'm looking at it here i really don't care much about what they do to this metal change it <laughs> do whatever you want
0: Yeah, it's just I think the the greater point here is that every little detail of everything ever is going to be redesigned based on color appropriation, and it's I don't know. It's just uh, you know uh, instead of I don't know. I wish somebody that's uh, really standing for the church, the true church, would be like, look, what's really important here is not racially. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, you you know know,
1: there are people doing that. And again, just there being, are people doing that, but it's usually white people, and that doesn't it doesn't count.
0: Doesn't yeah, it doesn't count because you're not. Doesn't you're not, count because yeah.
1: you don't. You're not. What about me? I'm trying. I know well, the, you're a person of color. <laughs> Canary Cry News Talk, co-hosted by a person of color. <laughs> Subscribe now.
0: Not good enough apparently because um, we're getting yeah uh, buffered by YouTube right. and everybody else.
1: Uh, well, this is if, something, if you have something, yeah, get, keep it going.
0: Well, yeah, we got, we got a, something that we, I, I, I'm okay with canceling this next thing here.
1: Cancel. Go it's got to be biblical.
0: You want to do this or do you want me to run through it real quick?
1: You do it. I'll, I'll start on the other stuff afterwards. All right.
0: Religionnews.com. Tennessean editor denounces horrific Nashville Islam nuclear prophecy advertisement. And, uh, again, what? I, this is, yeah, this is one of those things I, I'm kind of okay with. Okay. The editor of the Nashville Tennessean has vowed to investigate how a full page ad predicting a nuclear attack by Muslims purchased by a breakaway Seventh Day Adventist group ran in the paper. A version of the ad from Future for America, a prophecy ministry based in Arkansas, ran on Sunday, June 21st. The ad, mm, excuse me. No, I got the burps. The ad featured a photo of Pope Francis and Donald Trump in front of an American flag that was filled with dire warnings. And a few Bible verses its authors claim that Trump will be the last president of the United States. And that Trump's feud with the Democrats was predicted by the Bible quote. We are under conviction to not only tell you, but to provide evidence that July 18th, 2020 Islam is going to detonate a nuclear device in Nashville, Tennessee. The ad began. That's pretty intense, (laughs) pretty intense ad there. It also included a link to a detailed Bible study and website. On Sunday afternoon, after a backlash appeared on social media, Michael A. Anastasi, vice president and editor of The Tennessean, denounced the ad and said an investigation was underway. (laughs) The paper reported that its advertising policies forbid hate speech. Uh, The ad is, uh, quote, the ad is horrific and is utterly indefensible in all circumstances. It is wrong, period, and should have never been published. Oh, it looks like we're getting kicked off here as I look up at the...
1: Our yeah there, you know getting, the, the quality, quality issues people are still having quality issues and you're still sounding like a robot on my side i think it might be uh your connection there at the house so well um, it's uh, uh it's the what? same if, as it always that's is That's what so. it is we'll just have to keep p- pushing through
0: yeah well i did turn off a bunch of stuff that uh i tried to
1: is your vpn still on it's it's not it's not on uh uh-huh. Okay, yeah, So maybe I see. I, I kind of think
0: maybe that's bad though. Cause they know exactly what my IP address is here and they can target me better. You. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe not. Um, let's say, uh, it says here. Uh, and by the way, for those of you guys who are struggling with listening and seeing the throttling and everything, you can listen to the whole thing on the RSS feed. If you go to canarycrynewstalk.com and I'll yeah. show them. In fact, and everything you must, yeah, you should. You
1: must subscribe to the RSS feed because uh yeah, if uh if a live stream doesn't happen or we can't live stream or there's some sort of emergency, uh, the shows will always go up on the RSS feed. That means you can uh, a, always get the show on com or search Canary Cry News Talk and, and whatever podcast player you use, search Canary Cry News Talk and subscribe. Uh, also, sorts, all sorts of reasons to find alternative ways to get the show.
0: Yeah, it is weird, though, because at one point I did see YouTube having like way, way over 400 people, which is a lot more than we've been getting. And then all of a sudden I look up and there's 300 people gone. So I I do think maybe they did something there. Um, But let me continue on here. Quote, it has hurt members of our community and our own employees. And that saddens me beyond belief. It is inconsistent with everything the Tennessean as an institution stands and has stood for Bible prophecy teacher, Jeff Pippinger of future of America told religion news service in an email that he wrote one version of the ad and a friend from Ireland wrote a different version of the ad, which ran earlier in the week. Pippinger said the ministry paid for the ad, which he said was inspired by the work of Ellen White, one of the co-founders of the SDA church. He said that he and the others behind the ad consider themselves Seventh-day uh, seventh Adventists, Quote: though some such as me have been removed from their membership by the Adventist church because of our prophetic beliefs, The ad itself also criticizes what it calls the uh, backslidden Seventh-day Adventist church. The Future for America ministry claims its mission is, quote, to proclaim the final warning message of Revelation 14 as identified by the prophecies of the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. The end-time fulfillment of Bible prophecy is no longer future, for it is taking place before our eyes. Its website claims Pippinger said that uh, plans to run more ads were now on hold. Quote, we're uh, we're going to do a mail out, but the printing company uh, that has agreed to print and mail it out backed out based upon counsel from their attorneys. (laughs) That is reminiscent of similar warnings that the late preacher Harold Camping, best known for his 2011 prediction about the end of the world. And that's the thing here. You know, uh, first off, how did the Tennessean even allow this thing to be published? Number one, how did it get through the cracks, so to speak? Right. But also, number two. It's one of those things where it's almost like, let it run. As far as I'm concerned, it's like, let it run because after June, uh, July 18th, if there's no nuclear device detonated in Nashville, Tennessee, these people are discredited. But there's right. evidence to let it
1: run, no matter what happens, you'll see. Now, of course, you know, the fear would be from a government perspective or or you know, even whatever, lots of people per- perspectives was if you're making a bunch of threats that uh, you know, Islamists are going to blow up Tennessee for right, right, right. whatever reason, they the would choose Nashville. Uh I mean Nashville's a great city, don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty sure there would be a lot of other places they would f- set off a nuclear device first um, unless maybe they just want to take out country music maybe that's their thing <laughs>
0: i'll tell you if i was like a young man growing a young guns growing up would have been like yeah take out country music because that was oh, no i was i, I didn't like not like country growing up but that was just my own oh, my of own course thing going on. of
1: course that was the that was the socially accepted thing when <laughs> we were kids was but country music sucks yeah we're cool
0: Yeah, But uh, the the other part of this is, uh, you know, there's, there is this thing that really bothers me about this type of thing to discredit in general, the study of biblical eschatology. You know, it's been a thing ever since I started looking at biblical eschatology, realizing that like, oh, wait a minute, there's like actually some rational people looking at this. There's legit warnings in the Bible that should, uh, people should know about. Uh, but it's the date setters and the really uh, claims of pinning other...
1: And the extra-biblical prophecies are the things that you need to right. kind of watch out for. Right. Well, the, the,
0: the Book of Revelation says that, you know, there will be no additions. If there are additions, yeah. then they'll be part it of the plague. It also says that, Nashville,
1: so. Tennessee will uh, have a nuclear <laughs> device planted by Islamic terrorists. Right. So, oh, wait. So, no, it didn't say that. Sorry. No, my bad.
0: No, it didn't say that. But yeah, point, point being that... You know, there, there's a, a reason why this was pulled, and I actually, you know, agree that it should have been pulled. But also, if it didn't get pulled, they discredit themselves. So,
1: there yeah, you go. There you go. There you go. Let it run. Let's see it. As Let's, long as it doesn't start any, uh, any more uprisings or anything. Oh, everything's going right. to start an uprising these days. Yeah, that's true well okay let's head over to uh rooters.com gons let's uh let's 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 bend it bend it like beckham a little bit and uh still on the topic of religion but let's uh swerve into covid territory covid Okay, Reuters.com article titled, Many Countries Successful in COVID Fight, Seeing Resurgent Cases. Uh, H- Are you w- on the right article? Oh, I was just going to say, this doesn't look like it's the right one. What happened? No.
0: And you know, what happens with Reuters oftentimes is they'll, uh, they'll repurpose some links.
1: They'll switch it out. They'll switch yeah. out the link. Yeah, because I had it open earlier today, and it's gone. Yeah, I, I have it here oh, if you no. want me to. Do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just take it then okay. cuz even if you send me the link it'll just open up this one.
0: Yeah, it's uh the, it's a short article too. It's religious okay. events helping to spread coronavirus. Who oh, says? Of course. Oh, who of being course. the World Health Organization.
1: Now notice because what we do here a lot of times is uh, you know, mainstream news analysis in the span of this recording they they had the <laughs> yeah. article up that Gonz is about to read you. In the span of this recording, they took that article down and put up a t- entirely new, unrelated uh, article under the same link. So you know, if we're trying to share this, it's not going to work. But yeah. we caught you, we caught you, Reuters.
0: <laughs> Geneva, many countries that have been successful in. Ta- uh, Tackling the novel coronavirus are seeing an increase in cases due to religious events and other vulnerable settings like exasperate gatherings. The World Health Organization's Maria Van Kirkhoff said, quote, any opportunity that the virus has to take hold, it will because it has a mind. Apparently, it is really important that countries are in a position to rapidly detect these cases. She told an online briefing. The who's Mike Ryan said that three or pff, said that there seemed to be new clusters in South Korea linked to clubs, shelters, and amusement parks. And that wastewater findings in Northern Italy showed there was a chance the virus was circulating there for anyone uh, before anyone had realized. And th- that's the article. I thought it was weird that it was such a short article, mm-hmm. but, uh, You know, no mention of all the social upheaval and the protests and everything going on. And that's the weird thing,
1: man. That's the weird thing about the whole thing is no, there's no connection with the spike in COVID related to, you know, tens of thousands of people gathering all together, not social distancing and many of them not wearing masks. That has nothing to do with it. It's those pesky religious people. Meeting to worship on weekends—they're the ones causing the the uptick in the COVID.
0: It doesn't make any sense, and the article really doesn't make sense. What? Uh, there's not really a clear example of this. You know, the headline is one thing—religious events—but then it mentions what does it mention? South Korean clubs, shelters, and amusement <laughs> parks. Right. Maybe they pulled it because they're like, you know, the, who's the author here? Uh, this was written by. Oh, it doesn't really have an author written or reporting by Stephanie Nebahay, Emma Farge and John Revel. Three people wrote this.
1: <laughs> it, it took it, three oh, it was people been, at Reuters. It
0: reported uh, th- reported by three people writing by Nick McPhee edited by Hugh Lawson. There's five people on this article.
2: <laughs> <I'm
0: kidding. laughs> oh man. Yeah. Maybe they pulled it because they're, uh, they the uh, higher ups were like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, or maybe Not it just wasn't very good.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that's uh, another headline there, COVID-related. Yeah, related, no but news also there, but related. just
1: that's that's what's uh, the extra the extra stuff going on. This All right, next let's one is definitely then. yeah. this Scientific next story, American. Oops. that, that I was, was going to say me? this
0: next story is definitely a lot more uh, important in terms of the COVID stuff. So,
1: yes, Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. ScientificAmerican.com. <laughs> okay like i said scientific american.com the article is titled the risks of rushing covid19 vaccine
0: oh i forgot the second part of the uh the the jingle oh
1: yeah and i forgot i can't say vaccine (laughs) i have to say the risks of rushing covid19 walk chain um The excitement and enthusiasm for a COVID-19 vaccine by the end of 2020 is both palpable and understandable. We all hope for a rapid end to the pandemic, and an effective vaccine would be a surefire solution. Okay. But there are risks that come with a fast-tracked vaccine vaccine delivered uh, end of this year, not the least of which are the risks related to the safety of the vaccine itself telescoping testing timelines and approval may expose all of us to unnecessary dangers related to the vaccine while preclinical trials uh, to evaluate the potential safety and efficacy of a vaccine candidates are likely to include tens of thousands of patients. It is still unclear whether that number will be large enough and a trial will last long enough to evaluate safety for a drug that would be administered to so many. The U.S. alone plans to vaccinate hundreds of millions of people with the first successful candidate. One serious adverse event per thousand of a vaccine given to 100 million people means harm to 100,000 otherwise healthy people. Aside from questions of safety that attend any vaccine, there are good reasons to be especially cautious for COVID-19. Some vaccines worsen the consequences of infection rather than protect a phenomenon called antibody Dependent enhancement, or ADE, ADE has been observed uh, in previous attempts to develop coronavirus vaccines. To add to the concern, antibodies typical of ADE are present in the blood of some COVID nineteen patients. Such concerns are real. As recently as two thousand sixteen, Denga, what Dengavskia, intended to, what Dengavzia. Dengav- zia. Dengav- zia. intended to protect children from the dengue virus, increased hop- hospitalizations for children who received the vaccine. Questions also arise around the efficacy of a potential vaccine. The little we know of the current generation of COVID-19 vaccines raises serious questions regarding their ability to protect people from infection. We all know the candidates' tests to date in non-human primates failed to protect any of the monkeys from infection of the nasal passages, the primary route of human infection. Failure to protect entirely from infections – fits with all we know about attempts to protect monkeys from two other deadly coronaviruses those that cause SARS and MERS. On a brighter note, at least some of the candidate vaccines did raise significant immune responses. How that translates to protection of humans is uncertain, though, as monkeys do not become noticeably ill or exhibit any of the life-threatening consequences of COVID-19, even when exposed to high doses of the virus via the nose, lung, and rectum simultaneously. Oh, these poor monkeys... Yeah. Oh, no. More monkeys. We got to go save the monkeys, guns. I'm looking... As many...
0: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I'm looking at the thing and it says we're completely offline again. So, I don't know.
1: Keep going. Uh, well, okay. We'll just keep going. We'll see what happens. As many of the most serious COVID symptoms do not appear until late in the disease course, sometimes four to five weeks following exposure, there is a possibility that we'll not have sufficient time to judge efficacy... Of a new vaccine, even by the lower standard of symptom amelioration, an effective COVID-19 vaccine also faces several hurdles beyond our control. The older we get, to the poorer our uh, the older we get, the poorer our ability to respond to vaccines. Resistance to vaccination <laughs> begins early at age 30 and becomes progressively more profound with time. That is especially troubling as those over 60 are the population most at risks risk. Vaccination of the elderly may sometimes succeed by administering repeated doses and by increasing the potency of the vaccine with powerful adjuvants, but these adjuvants can be especially risky for the very old. It seems a folly, then, to rush our way towards a vaccine in 2020, if it is likely to have only limited benefit to the population most in need and may otherwise Uh, may put otherwise healthy people at risk. The risk goes far beyond the dangers of COVID vaccine vaccine alone may hold. Public support for a vaccine in general is already an issue. Trust in other life-saving vaccines will be eroded even further if COVID vaccine goes wrong and many more people, children especially, will be at risk if vaccination rates fall. Yes, we are all increasingly longing for an end to the outbreak, but a safe vaccine effective for all those at risk is worth the wait, especially when we have other solutions in hand. We already know from the experience of countries in Asia that the epidemic can be stopped in its tracks with basic public health measures. Widespread testing, contact tracing, and mandatory controlled quarantine, not necessarily in a a dismal public health facility as many imagine, but in our own homes with virtual supervision or in a hotel environment. These efforts alone could bring new infections down to almost zero within just weeks. In addition, I believe it will be possible before the end of this year to protect those most at risk from exposure with combinations of monoclonal antibodies, or with truly effective antiviral drugs. These drugs could treat those who are ill and prevent further infection. In addition to pursuing a vaccine within a realistic time frame, we should also be throwing our weight behind these other types of medical solutions, which have historically been much quicker to bring market bring to market safely. There is no doubt. We need an urgent end to the pandemic economies around the world are crashing. Governments are piling up trillions of dollars in debt. And in the U S alone, tens of millions are without work or, income, But there are still costs that are too great, even when compared to such numbers. When we have solutions to the pandemic in hand, we cannot risk the potential lives lost of rushing a COVID vaccine to market. We must hold dear the central dictum of the medical community. First, do no harm. Trust that given the time science will deliver a medical solution in the form of a vaccine or a chemo, whoa, Chemoprophylactic drug treatment. And in the meantime, let us immediately implement the public health strategies that we know will work today to drive new infections down to nothing. Whew, that was a doozy gons, but very interesting, especially coming from scientificamerican.com. I mean, this is a mainstream science outlet.
0: Yeah, it seems a little more of a rational approach to everything, which is, uh, I don't know, just seems like the whole science community should get behind rather than just uh, pushing out. We're taking
1: things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in the little kids' arms. We
0: just shoot right into the vein, right into the vein, right into the vein, right into the
1: vein. Thank you, Bill Gates. Thank you for that <laughs> uh, <laughs> that explanation. Well, you know, and it's interesting, especially because, you know, Daddy Fauci is uh, has been so uh insistent on the vaccine is the only way out of this. Here we have a mainstream scientificamerican.com uh article coming out saying, "Hey, this is really dangerous rushing these vaccines. Yeah. I mean it's it's finally we're getting a mainstream uh you know recognition that this is not something to rush through and joke about. Now of course uh we're all aware of the 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 broad and deep uh you know the theories surrounding uh vaccinations and Whether they are needed at all or whether we should, uh, you know, who should take them or not. There's something in this, excuse me, there's something in this article, though, that really kind of tipped me off talking about how, you know, if we get a first round of the vaccine and we give it to a million people or whatever it was, 10 million. Mil-
0: it was 100 million.
1: Sure. And, you know, yeah. that's that's 100,000. That could be 100,000 deaths simply from the vaccine, which yeah. would almost <laughs> equal the amount of deaths from COVID altogether so far, Allegedly. just from the, the medicine. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it reminds me of uh, like when a new Update comes out for your iPhone, you know, you, you don't want to be in the first round of people to get the update because there's going to no. be all the bugs and, right. you know, kind of security issues. You kind of want to let other people take it first, get the get the update and then wait for them to tweak it before you get it, uh, which is kind of what they were saying in this article, which, again, you know, of course, there are stronger stances to take on v- vaccines in, in total, But uh, to hear that from scientificamerican.com was pretty, uh, pretty interesting.
0: The other line that I had highlighted here was some vaccines worsen the consequences of infection rather than protect. I mean, I was (laughs) like, oh, my goodness. Wow. That was a crazy line coming from
1: (laughs) Scientific American. They basically were listening to all the anti-vax mamas and put it all into a mainstream article it's wild yeah,
0: it is pretty crazy and uh the other part was the older we get the poorer our ability to respond to wax genes.
1: yeah i didn't Again, like how just, that started uh, at 30 that made me feel real old. <laughs> i'm <laughs> yeah, too old for a whack guns you're
0: over that hill buddy yeah welcome to the dark side of the, the downslide <laughs> Um, it's all
1: downhill from here. It's baby. all
0: downhill from here. Okay. So, but yeah, I thought it was a very interesting article because the, the, the more rational approach and also really, again, like you said, tapping into some of the concerns that vaccine or wax jeans uh, or the community of anti-waxers, is that how you call them now? Um, have <laughs> anti- been bringing wax-
1: up waxers, anti waxers,
0: uh, you know, those com- concerns being at least, The the sentiments of those concerns being mentioned in the article I thought was interesting that they would publish this in Scientific American, even though it is considered an opinion piece. So,
1: you know, and you know what I think this signifies more than anything is the mass awakening going on. Yeah. The mass awakening. You awokening. know, people finally, you know, and now we have actually people, authors, writers who are in positions of power. You know, some might call it privilege uh, to be a writer at Scientific American or to let, you know, let you put out an opinion piece. But this person is obviously, I mean, I don't know, maybe obviously is the wrong word, but it seems to me that this person is a uh, a woke uh, you know, kind of uh s- s- pseudo. I don't want to even put anti vaxxer on this person, but you know, vaccine skeptic is mm-hmm. we we have a vaccine skeptic who it put this into mainstream language for people, and I think that's that's pretty important. Well,
0: yeah, um, it, it goes to show that there is probably a, a civil war of types between scientism. And people Mm. that are truly part of the scientific community, or at least people that are trying to push a genuine form of science, you know, just a more real, you know, uh, safe type of science rather than a political science or not political science in the, you know, the phrase of political science as a genre of study, but more so a a scientific dictatorship type that we saw Daddy Fauci mention in the last episode. Science is truth. That's not the approach that this person, this author is taking anyway.
1: And that's what I Which love. is, a, I mean, which is yeah. refreshing. Everybody is out here, you know, trying to follow the wild path that Fauci is laying. <laughs> He's been <laughs> sort of laying these bread breadcrumbs from for three months going back and forth on masks and going back and forth on You know, gatherings, you know, protests are okay. Churches is not okay, et cetera, et cetera. This wild social engineering coming from Fauci. And finally, we have an actual real science respecting person who has no interest in social engineering coming out and and being honest about, uh, you know, even if they're not a full on, you know, pseudo uh, uh, pseudo anti-waxer Um. It just
0: goes to show the politicization of science itself. The the scientific ivory tower itself. It was
1: refreshing to have a not so politicized science article. So we appreciate this person. Of course, Uh, it goes much deeper than that, but uh, you know, that's when you're, when you're in the mainstream and you're, uh, you're aware of everything going on, you kind of got to put it in, in mainstream language. And I think this person did a great job.
0: There's another angle to this along the same lines here. Uh, the next article I have here, the environmentalists can really get involved in the whole uh, vaccine conversation. COVID. Press of Our view: COVID vaccine development a new threat to horseshoe crabs. I forgot the waxing jingle. Oh, the horseshoe crabs. And uh, it says here, the living fossil of Delaware Bay beaches and caterer to its famous spring shorebird migration may help the development of a waxing to control COVID-19 and suffer terribly for it. Horseshoe crabs, primitive-looking, oversized bugs of the deep without claws, have blue blood that can be used to detect certain infectious bacteria and endotoxins.
1: Yeah, very interesting. There's some very interesting material out about these horseshoe crabs. Yeah, and that's blue blood. blood.
0: Yeah, Yeah. blue blood not being Democrat blood, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) For a couple of decades, a half- million a year or so have been harvested to extract some of their blood, uh, which until several years ago was the source of the only approved test for these uh, for, for these contaminants. I have to make the font larger here. I'm struggling to read with my, my grumpy gon's eyes. Yeah. Vaccine development and production could create enormous demand for this testing method. Longtime South Jersey wildlife biologist Larry Niles told NJ Spotlight, quote, we expect that there will be a great need for a biochemical to test for contaminants, and it should be synthetic. Niles and David Mizrahi of New Jersey, uh, uh, what is it? Audubon? Audubon?
1: Mm-hmm. Audubon, Le- yeah.
0: Audubon, uh, lead a new nonprofit group, the Horseshoe Crab Recovery Coalition working to restore the 450 million year old species to population levels before over harvesting for blood or for for baits and blood. That's a I don't necessarily buy the evolution thing there. Why didn't they evolve? You know, <laughs>
1: well, you know it's very interesting. And I usually we usually don't uh, shout out to too many podcasts unless there are our, our friends in one way or another. Um, but I remember back in the day, radio lab, uh, the podcast had a great episode about these, uh, these little horseshoe crabs.
0: Yeah. Uh, some scientists say that even though the horseshoe crabs are released after blood extraction, a quarter or, uh, a quarter of more of them die. that's gotta be a typo, right? A quarter or more of them, a quarter of more. Oh, okay. They're fragile little guys. Okay. Fortunately, an alternative for contamination testing exists. A synthetic product called recombinant factor C or RFC. Conservationists had hoped uh, the U.S. pharmacopoeia would modify industry testing protocols to support its use, but instead the professional standards agency said it wouldn't do so until its new compendium is published in 2022. Uh, Pharmaceutical cooperations needn't wait until them to switch. One of the majors, Eli Lilly & Co., has been using RFC since 2016, and Eli Lilly Associate Quality Advisor Jay Bolden said the synthetic is preferable on the basis of quality, cost, reliability of supply, and ethical concerns about potential harm of horseshoe crabs. New Jersey imposed a moratorium on taking horseshoe crabs in 2008, and their harvest elsewhere for bait is limited by the Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries Council. The council is protecting their population until the number threatened red knots feeding on their eggs nearly triples. But medical harvesting isn't in the jurisdiction of the fisheries managers. Federal wildlife officials should monitor the pharmaceutical industry's shift to the subs- uh, substitute. For hosh, gosh, substitute for horseshoe crab blood. If this use continues to burden the harmless creature from the age of dinosaurs, the U.S. should stop its harvest. For all other uses in all states, the need for a COVID-19 vaccine is so great that companies must be allowed to use the blue blood extract if they think that is better. But it would be ungrateful to the horseshoe crab and foolishly ignorant of their potential future value. Uh, to medical science and the natural environment to let them be decimated. Mm. So poor little guys. poor guys getting know, wasted by crabs. the cute by the science.
1: Guys. I know. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really have much to add to that. Very interesting no. little creatures with magical blood,
0: magical blue blood. Uh, yep. the elites are always looking for blood.
1: Yeah, that's They always right. want the this, blood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, I say we should take a quick little break. We do. We've been going a uh, long
0: time before our I first I know. Break we've here. been
1: going a long time, and we have so much more to cover. So we're going to have to speed through some stuff. Uh, we'll try to get through as many of these things. I think our next segment, um, a lot of it is just news, not a whole lot of analysis. Of course, there will right. be some. But, Gons, I say uh, let's take a quick little break. Let's take a brief break.
0: Come on, jingle. It's breaking.
1: That's right. We're going to take a quick break, anybody, but don't go anywhere uh, because after the break, uh, we have a whole segment on Chaz. Chaz or Chop, whatever you want to call it, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or the Capitol Hill, uh, what is it? Uh, Oh, no. Occupied Protest. Chop. Um, Many, uh, we've got about four or five stories about that and some Chinese news. So stick around. You're going to want to hear it. Uh, but real quick Gon's, I'm going to zoom through Do these, it. uh, brand new Twitch followers of ours. Thank you guys so much for following on Twitch. It really helps us out. Um, we got a lot of followers since last show, so I'm just going to zoom through. You got your dinger ready? Dingers dinging ready. Okay, here we go. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank uh, world according to Scooter Lee. Thank like you new follower awoke within. Thank you Guardian 7603. Thank you new follower KMCCMDLXXL. Nice. Yeah. Uh my fair lady 1976. I like it. 311JW. Ooh. Yeah. Like the band? Uh yep. <laughs> Flying tie-dye. Ah. Psychedelic Yeah KJ Lorainers Happy Happy Talist 2050 Legless Hydra <laughs> This one's good Granny Canary Ooh. We got Granny Canary Thank you Nice We got Kaliskak We got Suze Q 419 Suze Q Noodle Boopoo We got Gigi and Kitty Jack. We got Zoe Girls 7800. We got Micaiah. Micaiah, Mitch, 3A. We got Davery Dev. Dan Demand. Subtle Kane. The bleep is starting to annoy me. Don't worry, we're getting there. (laughs) Wayward World. You can switch it up if you want. Throw like a cat or a chicken in there. Uh, We got call me what you will.
0: I don't have a, a backup right now.
1: Okay. Creatine fart. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we got brunate. Laser. Here's a good one. Just say no to the agenda. That's like right. It. We got Loki dog. Fifteen, fifteen. Pontoon, pontoon. Sweet, sweetie. sweet sweetia. Sweetia. Flex alm. Mm. Tibonius Maximus. Insert crypto coins here. <laughs> Eric the Red <laughs> 2525. Scaracita 08. Of course, the star of the show today, Daddy Basil's little boy.
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> Krillina! only a few more here easy mac 15 hot one uh hot one 711 mando man 03 this is a good one joined just for canary cry that's what i like to see flying taco 24 mv and last but not least i think we have a refollow here from sky scourge broadcasting Very cool. They're they're hacking the system. They know how to get a double shout out. Good job. Skyscourge broadcasting. Well done. There we go. Okay, so thank you to all of our new Twitch followers. Of course, we've been uh, trying to encourage everybody to follow us on Twitch. Even if you already follow us somewhere else, like YouTube or DLive, something like that. <clears throat> As you've seen today, uh, you know the 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 stream can get a little sketchy in different places of the internet. So it's always good to have a backup. Follow us, twitch.tv TV slash Canary Cry Radio. Gons will throw that uh, link in the chat there. And if you're watching on YouTube or somewhere else, uh, just please consider maybe just opening up the Twitch uh, link in a different tab. Uh, Help out our numbers there because we're trying to hit some goals and we appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, And stick around. We're going to be thanking some new producers of the show later on in the show. Uh as well as a new a new knighting. We have a new knight, Gons, a knight yes. of the Canary Cry Roundtable. Very exciting. Uh so stick around to learn who your new noble knight is of the Canary Cry Roundtable. table. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, mm.
0: Nothing nothing too crazy. I do want to mention a couple uh jingles that we've received. Um one of them was from Andreas. Uh, coming out of a break.
1: Yes, it's wake up time. Hey you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yes, we needed. We had a couple. We had a couple of contenders for coming out of a break uh, jingle, and we might, uh, you know, mix it up here and there. We'll but that it one was—it was so soothing. I it was.
0: It. I like the low, of the low. Yes. I can't even go that low. I don't Let's have play, that.
1: Play it again. Let me hear it. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey you wake up. Mm yes it's wake up time oh you got the pipes for it i'm there apparently I'm there man okay you want to jump into uh, some new stories i say yes unless there's something that really stands out i think uh, we might just do mostly just some reporting on these stories coming out just to keep everybody apprised of what's going on in chaz or chop or whatever you want to call it
0: get in the zone capitol hill auto zone chaz. that's
1: right Spence. Chaz. Oh, you're stepping on the stinks. Sorry, I always forget about Come the Chaz Thanks. Come on. Investmentwatchblog.com. Chaz chop. Several bags of human remains found near autonomous zone. This is Yikes. not good news for the uh, autonomous zone. Oh, you might have to read this one. I'm having a very Oh, this is a video. If-
0: is it a vi- yeah you're right it i is think it's video. just a
1: video why don't you just play it we'll take also it breaking
0: there. seattle police are investigating the discovery of human remains found along the water near alki king five's Britt moore is there tonight so brit what do we know right
3: now Uh, Police are still here trying to piece together where these remains came from who they did belong to this area of Luna Park still blocked off here. Uh, There's also a tent uh, a few feet away where police are investigating these remains. They were found in several bags near the water here at Luna Park in West Seattle. Police responded after getting a call about a suspicious bag on the beach here, and another bag was also found in the water. Harbor Patrol is assisting Seattle police with this investigation. Uh, We know the remains will be taken to the King County Medical examiner's office, uh, but it does look like they may be wrapping things up or trying to get a a good gist of what's going on right now. But there are just a few units here uh, and that tent is still up where we're told that's where police are investigating these bags with remains.
1: Not good, not good guns, you know, with the, the Chaz, the autonomous zone, free of police, and uh, with all the uh, loud noises and nonsense going on. Well, who knows if it's nonsense or not, but the, the, the experiment that is Chaz, it, I would say if there is a serial killer somewhere on the loose, that would be, uh, that would be a definite target.
2: And melt those babies into candles.
1: I hope yeah, that's that, not what's going on. I'm a little spooked by that. I'm a little spooked by that whole thing. It is thing. weird. That, Although, yeah. <laughs> you
0: mentioned something funny because you, you, you it said you know human remains, and the first thought you had was not that it was actually body parts in the bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it just says human, human remains. It could just be a couple big bags of uh, excrement. I, I
0: doubt it. I doubt po- the police come out and do all that for that, but mm. you're right. It's possible. I don't it was
1: just some, no, man. just uh, You know, you can only fit so many porta potties into the, the, uh, the Chaz there. And we all know Chaz stank. So maybe they're just getting rid of some, <laughs> some waste.
0: And it's possible, but yeah, uh, pretty creepy. I don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm sure this type of thing happens more often than we know about you know, across the country. Mm -hmm. But uh, anytime it's reported, especially it's, uh, it's very suspicious, especially when it's concerning uh, a a near vicinity to the whole Chaz chop situation there. Yeah. Uh, Again, no, no real true connection other than location. Yeah.
1: And of course, you know, the, the media already who doesn't like uh, the autonomous zone because it threatens the uh, current establishment of elites and law and order. And so the media doesn't want to, uh, you know, break away from that too much. It's outside of their, of their established narrative. Um, So, you know, throwing in that bags of remains were found near the autonomous zone. I don't actually know. I would have to look up on a map how close. um, I don't,
0: yeah I, I actually what was
1: it called the Luna park right
0: Luna Park I, I yeah. don't think it's that close, but maybe somebody in the uh, in, in the Wah area can let us know Yeah, or
1: somebody just yeah somebody somebody in the chat do some research for us. how close is Luna Park to the autonomous zone? We'll see if that comes through time to go to work, chat people um, okay, let's move on. you want to go to the next one? get in the zone capitol hill auto zone thanks msn.com another shooting in seattle protest zone leaves one wounded okay just wounded Mm -hmm. the shooting happened late sunday night in the area near seattle's downtown that is known as chop okay so we got chop is uh um catching on a little bit that's the capitol hill occupied protest instead of the autonomous zone. I think this is happening for a couple of reasons. When it first came out that it was called Chaz, I kind of had the thought, like, I don't know if, you know, the if they'll like having a such a, a masculine name. You know, you don't want, it's too, can't have a man's name for this revolutionary uh, area that goes against everything they believe in. Um, so, and especially Chaz, you know, it's such a, Kind of a frat, frat boy name. Now, no offense to any Chazes who listen to the show, <laughs> um, but we had to change it. We couldn't have such a masculine name. Now it's called Chop, which for some reason is better. But also throws another weird twist in the bag of remains. That's so close to chop. I don't That's know if true. I like that. Yeah. You're
0: right. You just wow. made another connection there. Ah. Boom. Connecting
1: the dots, people. Bag of uh. human
0: remains found near chop.
1: Yeah. Who got the chopped? Sh- <laughs> the shooting happened late Sunday night in the area near Seattle's downtown that is known as chop for Capitol Hill occupied protest. Police tweeted, adding that one person was at a hospital with a gunshot wound. The person arrived in a private vehicle that was in serious Oh, and was in serious condition uh, Harborview Medical Center spokesperson Susan Gregg said in a statement the zone involved uh, the zone evolved after weeks of protests in the city over police brutality and racism sparked by the police killing of George Floyd a black man in Minneapolis mm-hmm. the Sunday shooting uh, followed a pre-dawn shooting on Saturday in a park within the zone that left a 19 year old man dead and a 33 year old man oh, ding ding And a 33-year-old man critically injured. The suspect or suspects in that first shooting fled the scene, and no arrests had been made as of Sunday. Detective Mark Janison had said, it wasn't immediately clear where, within this zone, Sunday night's shooting took place. The Seattle Fire Department arrived at the scene at 10.46 p.m. and went to a staging area near the zone's perimeter, Fire Department spokesperson David Cuerpo told the Seattle Times. The fire department was soon notified that the injured person has already been taken away. Both victims on Saturday's shooting, whose identities hadn't yet been released, were also transported to the same hospital via private car. Seattle police tweeted that they had heard of a second shooting that they were unable to verify given conflicting reports. Further details about what transpired Sunday night weren't immediately available. It wasn't clear whether anyone was in custody. The chop zone is a several block area cordoned off by protesters near a police station in city, uh, in the city's Capitol Hill neighborhood. President Donald Trump, a Republican <laughs> has criticized Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin and governor Jay Inslee both Democrats for allowing the zone. Got to throw that in there. You couldn't just have a normal report about uh, a shooting. You had to throw in some politics there at the end. Uh, I don't know why we would uh, be so surprised, but there you go. Some violence going on, of course, Um, a self policed area. And we do know that there are firearms uh, being carried by individuals whether or not uh, you know, the, the, it still remains unclear exactly what the facts around the armed individuals are. But uh, seems that the the experimental occupied protest is, uh, you know, not not immune from uh, gun violence.
0: Yeah, not much to say on that. No, I guess we can just keep I mean, moving we'll... on because it's a. Uh...
1: We'll see. This will be interesting because you'll, you know, the uh, just to theorize. Of course, you got to worry about the self-policing of the armed citizens within uh, within the zone. Was this uh, a self-policing incident, or was this, uh, you know, some some uh, anti-chop people coming in and causing trouble? You never know. It just depends who's given the details at that point. I suppose guess we just don't know anything coming out We of just Chaz don't know Chapp. anything. What's going on in there? Get in the zone. Capitol Hill Auto Zone. Chaz. Thanks. What's next?
0: Just moving right along here. The Hill.com. Seattle Police released new video of response to Chaz shooting.
1: Quick so little, uh, update. Quick thing real quick. Syrian Soper in the Twitch chat says Luna Park is 34 minutes away from Autonomous Zone. Mm. So, I don't know. That's kind okay. of far. but Yeah, but uh, if you
0: chop someone up, how far would you go?
1: That's true. A half-hour drive is nothing. Much easier to transport when they're in a bag.
0: Yeah. Uh, it says here, the Seattle Police Department, SPD, have released video footage of their response to a shooting in the city's Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, CHAZ, so the Hill continues to call it CHAZ, an approximately six-block area of Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood ceded to protesters following the police killing of George Floyd. Blah, blah, blah. Police I know, we said they re- repeat that <laughs> every know. single article reread. read Police said they received a report of shots fired in Cal Anderson Park within the area. SBD calls the Capitol Hill organized protest chop at about two thirty a.m. on Saturday. A 19-year-old man was killed, and another is in critical condition, according to the latest update from SPD. In their original report, Seattle Police said, "Quote: Officers attempted to locate a shooting victim, but were met by a violent crowd that prevented officers' safe access to the victims. Mm, yeah, the victims, that's however, the worry. yeah, the victims, however, had already been taken to a local hospital by CHOP medics. Uh, and police, uh, the police report said." Officers said they, quote, were later informed of this, but the video footage shows that protesters told officers that the victims were no longer on the scene when they arrived. The released uh, compilation includes officers' body-worn camera footage and other open-source videos. After about seven gunshots are heard, SPD officers are seen gathering and equipping themselves with shields. As they enter the area, a voice on the megaphone is heard saying, quote, Please move out of the way so we can get to the victims right after voices can be heard yelling back, quote, they're gone and they already left. The group Mm. of at least seven police officers continue down the street, encountering more and more people yelling at them. Some telling them the victims have already been taken to the hospital and others asking the officers to put down their weapons. Officers continue walking until they reach an area where many people have gathered after which they return to their cars and leave the scene quote, they were faced with a hostile crowd and made a tactical decision to leave the area for the officers' safety and for the safety of the crowd. Sergeant Lauren Truscott, the Seattle police spokesperson told the Seattle Times, a spokeswoman told the Seattle Times Seattle council Seattle city council member Lisa herbold who chairs the pol- the jeez who chairs the council's Public Safety Committee told the Seattle Times in a text statement she rejected, quote, the narrative that the mood of the crowd prevented the SPD from reaching the victims. However, she also wrote that she understands and appreciates that CHOP leaders, quote, have been meeting in recognition that this is not a sustainable situation, pointing to, quote, the presence of large numbers of people gathering at night, including some with guns as a barrier to access by fire department medics. The shooting is still under investigation, as well as reports of another shooting on Sunday night. A 17-year-old boy was injured and treated for a gunshot wound at a local hospital, but additional details have not yet been released. So, uh, again, just some different uh, a death, first off, but then yeah. some, um, again, it's hard to tell what's going on for a sure unless of, you're there. A
1: lot of people dying over there. That's not I okay. Know,
0: that's not good. Um, hmm. What happened to Raz? Isn't he supposed to protect
1: Come on, Raz. The people there? Get on the job, buddy. Let's go, Raz. <laughs> and uh,
0: so anyway, yeah, that's that's a problem. Uh, when people, when the law enforcement, you know, there was a tweet sent out by Raz saying that, hey, there was a, an injury and the, the medics didn't show up. And uh, some people took uh, exception to that, especially people that are in the you know EMT field and stuff saying, hey, we're not going to just go in there. Number right. one, it's blocked it's off. Dangerous. Number two, you got people with guns. We're not going to just you know, show up when there's a threat to the individuals that are actually trying to help. So right. it just seems like there's a lot of uh, miscommunication and um, communication breakdown in general. Uh,
1: That's the thing. They're either going to institutionalize or fall apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad here. Um, Sadly. One more Chaz update here.
1: Get in the zone. Capitol Hill. Auto zone. Chaz. Thanks. Chaz thanks. Here we go. Newsweek.com. Chaz protesters fight with a man wearing pin mistaken for pro police badge. Oh no. Oh, come on, guys. Demonstrators inside the Capitol Hill occupied protest chop. Okay, we're back on chop (laughs) Uh, zone in Seattle. Washington became combative during a weekend confrontation with a man who described himself as an ally supporting their cause. The protesters mistakenly thought a pin the man was wearing showed support for law enforcement authorities, which chop opposes before realizing the pin was actually promoted. Uh, actually promoted work done by an animal rescue organization. The group of individuals advanced towards the man with one knocking his phone to the ground at the start of the altercation. The man was recording a video blog on Saturday as he walked through Seattle's police free area. So parts of the incident were taped. However, since his camera screen goes dark shortly after protesters approach him, exactly how the confrontation unfolded is unclear. Muffled conversation between the man and protesters seems to suggest that he was not injured and that the confrontation largely largely de-escalated after the pin's actual message was confirmed. In the video, the man can be heard saying he's allied with the protesters. Uh, None of the people involved in the altercation have been identified as of Monday, though the man subject to the encounter appears to be the face of the Yankee Marshall's social media accounts. His video was posted to a YouTube channel under that name on Sunday, the Yankee Marshall Uh, Newsweek reached out to the person who owns the Yankee Marshall YouTube account for more details, but did not hear back before publication. CHOP, which also serves as an acronym for a Capitol Hill organized protest, was initially created. Okay, we got that little thing there. We know why it was created. And then it goes into some history of CHOP, which we're all aware of. Um, So, yeah, a guy. See, this is the problem with this mob mentality, man. It's the mob mentality. It's dangerous and it's not good. Uh, people just see a guy wearing a pin and assume he's a cop, and of course get aggressive with them. That's not cool, man. These people are going to tear themselves apart if they don't de-escalate a little bit more. Uh, this all this escalation for people inside chop is very dangerous. Another reason why, of course, the uh, medical, uh, uh, emergency medical people are scared to go in there. It's dangerous. I don't like it. Mob well, mentality. Stay away, Mm -hmm. people.
0: Not just mob mentality, but being triggered by the shape of a pin. You know, because it's it's just the shape of it that triggered people. You know, it's not necessarily what's said on the pin.
1: And I mean, use some critical thinking. If a cop was going to come in in plain clothes and videotape (laughs) things and try (laughs) to take down your chop, he wouldn't wear a badge. (laughs) It's dumb, man. People are just dumb. Yeah, too bad. It yeah. really is
0: kind of sad that the uh, exposing of some of the, I don't know, maybe the education system coming, coming home to roost here. The takeover of the education system was a big, you know, uh, communist type of move in America some, some decades critical ago. critical
1: thinking, folks, and you won't kill your neighbors. That's all it takes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> critical thinking, and you won't accidentally beat up somebody that's on your side.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. Do these people need a uniform? Do they need a t-shirt with a little unicorn on it? Is that the only way you're not going to get beat up? Yeah, probably. I mean, actually, that's probably a good idea. I said it as a joke, but it's probably in reality what you need to do. If you're going to go into chop, you need to wear a shirt with a unicorn on it. Like the flag. Did you see the picture of the flag that they raised? Have you seen that one floating around? No. Oh, it's funny. There's a Chaz flag and it's a unicorn, a golden unicorn on a black flag It says jazz, which now they got to get a new flag printed because it's called chop. Um, And and there's a funny picture. I don't know. I haven't done any research into this picture. So, you know, forgive me if I get it wrong. But it's kind of a a picture of a group of people all in black, some chop citizens, and they are raising a flag that has a unicorn on it. But it kind of is in the style of the Iwo Jima flag being raised. And they're, but instead of sticking the the flagpole, you know, onto a hill or something, they are sticking the flagpole into a completely over uh, stuffed trash can that has <laughs> Starbucks cups falling out of it and like plastic bottles and stuff. And they're planting their ch- chop flag into it. It's pretty funny. I don't know anything about it. I'm not gonna. Who knows what that is? But uh, it's floating around. It's kind of funny to see.
0: I'm waiting for one of these either. Chaz chop or, you know, another autonomous zone that gets created, even though it seems like a, other attempts to create them across the States here has failed. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for the robot, the cyborg to step up. Ooh, you know, the RoboCops! Uh, cops. That's yeah. What they the RoboCops to come in and e- either to like take over or to be complicit with the Chaz chop group, you know,
1: yeah, and get their megaphone rebel. out, you know, rebel. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. Oh, well, you know what? Chop Chaz would chop. be. Chaz Chop would be where the People's Zoo starts. Exactly. Yeah, my goodness. All right, let's jump over to some uh, Chinese news.
0: Yeah, we, uh, there was a protest right before the protests broke out in the United States. Um, everyone had their attention on Hong Kong and uh, just a, a CNN outlet to uh, show the propaganda here.
2: Uh-huh. Welcome to Chinese shows.
0: This is CNN.com. Ooh! Got to realize the outlets here, folks. CNN.com. I'm surprised they even uh, still exist. But anyway, China revealed some details of Hong Kong's national security law, and it may be as bad as critics
1: feared. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, just a real quick background, just in case it doesn't mention it. So there was the Hong Kong protests that started after Beijing, capital of China, um, wanted to uh, create some new extradition laws so they could— you know, take people out of Hong Kong and try them in mainland China, uh, which are two, they're Separate ruled states, under two kinda, different yeah. sets of laws for the most part. Um, and the protests started had got a lot of attention. This was late last year, I believe. And, uh, the, the, leader I forget like they, they call her like the executive or something of Hong Kong basically the mayor of Hong Kong said oh just kidding okay we take it all back we're not gonna do it you can stop protesting now but of course by then it was too late um, and so now we have an update on what might be happening <laughs> according to CNN. Yes. Since
0: Beijing revealed plans to impose a national security law on Hong Kong, defenders of the bill have argued that fears of what it could do to the city's political freedoms and civil civil liberties are overblown. The law is simply plugging a loophole, they claimed, and no different to what many other countries have on the books. Local officials and prominent businesses threw their weight behind the bill, uh, sight unseen, promising mm. that it would leave the city better off, and in any case would only affect a handful of people on Saturday, China's National People's Congress, the NCP, which is expected to pass the law coming uh, pass the law in coming weeks, gave Hong Kong its first glimpse of what it contains. The critics may have been right to be worried as drafted. The law appears to upend the city's prized independent legal system, allowing Beijing to override local laws while enhancing its ability to suppress political opposition. Mm -hmm. Most controversially, the law gives Beijing the power to exercise jurisdiction over select criminal cases, raising the prospect that for the first time in Hong Kong's history, suspects could be extradited across the border to face trial and potentially prison time in the mainland. Fears of just that were what drove protests against the extradition bill last year that was proposed by the Hong Kong government. Those protests eventually forced the abandonment of the law, but spiraled into broader anti-government unrest. Beijing says required the uh, unrest that Beijing says required the imposition of the new national security regulations. Of
1: course, it's the model for the lockdown. That's what happens. You protest, they give give way just a tiny bit and they use that to (laughs) impose uh, new quote national security regulations and uh we are on track for that happening in america
0: the uh for the remnant and adam 42 along the same wavelength there in the twitch chat uh saying they knew the chinese were npcs oh no national people's (laughs) congress there
1: that's racist Uh, uh
0: anthony dapiran dapiran a lawyer and political analyst based in Hong Kong described the new law as a broad based power grab by Beijing over many of the key elements of government and society writing on Twitter. He said new law quote effectively sets up a parallel judiciary and takes interpretation and final adjudication power away from Hong Kong courts in a statement. The city's chief executive Carrie Lam said the law would ensure the long-term prosperity and stability of Hong Kong, reiterated that it would, quote, only target an extremely small minority of people and said the proposed bill was, quote, in line with the rule of law and the, quote, rights and freedoms which are applicable in Hong Kong under the basic law and relevant international covenants.
1: That's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. Don't worry. This law's fine. It doesn't apply to you. You know, if you got nothing to hide, you're fine. Why Why would you protest against such a audacious overreach of government. You got nothing to worry about. It's only for those criminals.
0: Yeah. And it goes into a whole bunch of stuff here that, that we won't necessarily get into uh, for this time here, but you know, the overall thing here is uh, (laughs) this might spark another type of protest, but I don't, I don't know, you know, it was tough because the last time didn't they throw out the people that were going to vote against it? Like, didn't they just literally drag them out of the court?
1: I don't know. I didn't, I don't recall.
0: I think something like that took place where the people that are defending Hong Kong's rights were physically removed from the vote.
1: That would not surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me, but that's the
0: kind of thing that can spark, you know, more civil unrest, but I don't know. It just seems like a lost cause. It's really too bad. We can't do a whole lot to help, um, the situation over there, but
1: yeah, well, you know, there you go. You know, China has become such a powerful economic force that our politicians don't want to do anything about it. So yeah. uh, you know, hey, stay strong. Whoever needs to stay strong out there, yeah,
0: especially uh, especially the believers out there in China. They're getting a bad bad deal. You know, we talk yeah. about persecution of the Christians and having it be some kind of end times thing, but it's been taking place in China for quite some time, and it's not really reported uh, out in the West here. And, and Hong Kong being sort of the last bastion of uh, at least a democratic a government structure out there in, in, in right. China. The
1: democratic experiment experiment, that is Hong Kong for China, yeah.
0: And uh, if it goes down, then and I'm sure a lot of the wealthy. That's that's the thing. There's a lot of wealthy Chinese that live in Hong Kong that do commerce around the world, and they're probably just going to leave Hong Kong, and it's probably going to be you know demolished into a more poor type of uh, area of China. It's
1: already a horrible spot for. Uh, people who are not rich basically i mean the middle the middle class in hong kong at this point you know you get a tiny little one room you get to stay in and uh you know you can look it up living conditions in hong kong are are uh, pretty brutal yeah um and i'm sure it's just gonna get worse with all this crackdown um, yeah. Okay, Gons. We're, I see we're running out of time for you, so we let's are, zoom, man. We let's get through, zoom this. through a quick break, and we've uh, don't go away, anybody. We've got some transhumanism and some cyborg and some money updates and a nephilim update. So two nephilim updates, a two nephilim, a double double Nephi update. Double so neffy. stick around for that. Um, but Gons, let's uh, take a quick break. It's pretty- Okay, I've just got five uh, new Twitch followers to uh, appreciate here, Goms. you ready? Dinger is locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. Here we go. We got Blonde Savant. Thank you, Blonde Savant. We got It Will Bill. (laughs) Very good. It Will Bill. I forgot
0: about that jingle. We should probably bring that one back at some point. It's really apropos.
1: (laughs) We've got Truth, Fears, No Scrutiny. We got, uh, A Mysterious Way. Ooh, like the U2 song? Uh, sure. And then we have, (laughs) Oh, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. All right. Very creative way of spelling that out. I'm proud of myself. Uh, for reading that. Well, thank you to our new Twitch followers. Of course, uh, we recommend everybody go follow us on Twitch, uh, if for no other reason than to have a backup, because uh, really, seriously, folks, you never know when we're going to disappear from YouTube. So you want to uh, uh, follow us on Twitch and turn on notifications. And if you can, uh, watch on Twitch. It helps us out uh, quite a bit. Um, Thank you very much. Now, also... We uh, have some new producers of the show to thank, Gons. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And for those who don't know, here's the thing. A lot of podcasts and things out there, they will ask for your donations, which we did for a very long time. Um, But we subscribe to what's called the Value for Value Model, which is we do the show. We put it out there. We're doing like eight hours a week now of the show. Uh, And uh, we put it out there. And if you get value at all, if you get any value – you have the opportunity to uh, uh, put some value back in. And just how it works in the real world, if you help fund the show, you're not just a donator. We're not a 501c3. You are a producer. You're financially responsible for the show. Um, so uh, we have some new producers Gongs. Are you ready to hear their names? My gong is ready. Gong is gonged. Here we go. Our first new producer is uh, Stephanie Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you very much, Stephanie. And our second new producer is William. William. Thank you very much, William. We appreciate that. Uh, They came in as producers on uh, patreon.com slash ccnt canary cry news talk again that's patreon.com slash ccnt and uh if you want to join the value for value model you should head there and help us out um now we also have another patreon account for uh, another aspect another piece of the canary cry uh media empire and uh do you have that pulled up guns
0: i well i don't I, have the most recent I, one i do have the uh
1: I have two here. I can I can do okay. the, uh, the other one for you. So you can also go to patreoncom radio and some new producers there. We have Stacy. Thank you very much, Stacy. You're the best. And we have an upgraded pledge um from Ms. Bomb. Ooh. You guys are the best. And uh, everybody should thank those new producers because they are here to help keep the show going. They are responding to the value for value model. Um, And that means a lot, not just for us personally, because we got kids and kitties to feed, but they are the people paying for the show. They are the producers to the podcast and uh, the live stream that you are appreciating right now. So thank you guys very much. Yes, uh, and before uh, we
0: get into the nighting, just to mention, mm-hmm. uh, another way you can support the show as producers is to send in an artwork and or jingles, yes. and uh, we or got a songs. couple jingles or songs, uh, show-specific songs, and one of the, the uh, jingles we recently got was from Martin, and uh, this is for a typo alert.
1: Oh. Typo Typo alert.
0: <laughs> based on all the typos that we saw in the articles in the last episode, that's a good one to pull
1: up. It really sums up how I feel when I yeah. read one of these horrible typos <laughs> in this these news outlets, man, I can't believe it.
0: Yeah. And, um, also we, I see the message from Deezer's channel in our email. Um, she's he he or she, I'm not sure sent a mama update and I haven't, we haven't listened to it yet, but maybe in the next episode we'll get there because I haven't, uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, We've been waiting for that.
1: Finally, somebody brought in the mama update. Yes. Uh, We occasionally do stories about moms and we need to honor them with a mama jingle. So thank you very much. We'll, we'll put that in the next show. Uh, so thanks for everybody. Like I said, you can, um, support the show in many ways. Uh, You got uh, patreon.com slash ccnt. You can make art or jingles or songs for the Canary Cry uh, mixtape at the end of the show. Stick around. And uh, what else? We also, if you don't like Patreon, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support.
2: canarycryradio.com slash support.
1: That's right. And there we have PayPal. Uh, if you don't like Patreon, a lot of people don't like Patreon. We got PayPal, cryptocurrency, all sorts of fun stuff. Go there, read uh, read all about it. Um, now, one thing that we started doing uh, two episodes ago is we have begun knighting and daming uh, oh, very, yes. very supportive producers of the show uh, to the Canary Cry Roundtable. And uh, who do we got? Uh, who do we got today? Guns.
0: Sir Casey is on on deck here. Sir
1: Casey, Sir Casey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, here we go. Here, I, I decided I, I don't want to use a sword today. I'm going to use my uh, my Viking battle axe here. Let me pull this out. Very good. Okay. Still and sounds like got?
0: still sounds like your sword. I don't I don't believe that that was oh, an axe. But
1: well, you know. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, of course. Being a uh, a POC, yes, (laughs) Basil. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out my katana. katana.
1: That's right. Okay, well, now we want to call up Sir Casey. Please step forward to the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support in the amount of $1,000 or more, we are proud to pronounce you uh, knight of the Canary Cry Roundtable. You shall now be known as Sir Casey Knight Marshal of the ether at the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have the belt of truthful truthiness, the breastplate of righteous righteousness, the custom-fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kitties for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have fancy feet, sweat food, and of course, fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Dames Round Table to Sir Casey Knight Marshal of the Ether. Thank you so much. Let's hear a round of applause for Sir Casey. Yes, yes, yes. You're great. Now, uh Sir Casey, welcome. You are now uh, the third member of the Canary Cry Round Table. And just for some background for everybody, Casey, Sir, Sir Casey, excuse me, has been a long, long time supporter of yes. uh, the, of all, uh, I'm pretty sure all of the shows we do, Gons. It's yeah, um, so been, been very, a while. Yeah, very generous supporter. He's been around for a while. We appreciate it very much, Sir Casey. And uh, I have a note here. Do you want to read the note?
0: I will read the note. Sure. It says, Praise to be God for being able to support friends and brothers and to be a part of a great community of believers where things may get heated on our cosmological slash political slash social ideas and differences. But ultimately, we should be praying and loving one another. I'm stoked to call this community my home and to be able to share some secret struggles met with biblical intercession and love and not shaming. Awesome. So there you go. Yeah, Thank it's very you. Very good. And Sir, Sir Casey, Casey,
1: he's a uh, a an active member of Dot community, which is our off Facebook. Uh, community where Canarians just like you can gather and uh, talk about all the crazy stuff we talk about on the show and more. It's really grown into its own uh, th- really thriving community. So if you're listening to the show and you want to connect to listeners just like you, uh, go to canarycry.community, a real URL. And uh, one thing that we are also doing with uh, for Sir Casey and other knights that come to the round table is uh, we're going to play some jingles for him. What do we got?
0: He requested the uh, Space Pope Reptilian jingle and the Look It Up jingle. So, uh, good choice. This, this one's for you, Sir Casey Knight Marshal of the Aether. Space Pope
2: Reptilian.
0: Look it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you and go. a sp- special shout out to the Canary Cry prayer group that's in uh, canarycry.com. Yeah. Community. Yes. So, shout good. out there. Uh, very good. And if you out there, dear listener, want to uh, work your way towards the Canary Cry uh, roundtable of knights and dames, uh, you can support us at patreon.com ccnt, or you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. And uh, join up there. Some people like to uh, support in big one time donations. Some people like to, uh, you know, subscribe to a monthly donation, work their way up. However, you want to do it, we are eternally grateful for all of our producers for supporting the show. We couldn't keep doing it without you.
0: Yeah. So we're stoked that uh, we're actually, I feel very, uh, blessed to have all these nights already. You know, we started this thing, and and we're we have these nights lining up. It's very cool. It's very cool to see people.
1: Yeah, um, and it really means a lot. Uh, I yeah. mean, to, to keep the show going, we couldn't do it without all of our producers. Um, but we want to recognize and honor and thank uh, the 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 extra generous producers by. Um, bringing them to the round table so there you go you too can become a knight or dame of the canary cry round table check it out um and there we go okay right. are we done did we do all the support thanks so. ready to jump back in let's see uh, through let's... here so we can get you out in time
0: yeah let's end the break
1: yes it's wake up time hey yo wake up <laughs> yes still like it's that. wake up time it's gotta
0: be biblical I'm going to let you do this because you, you love the Yay. Babylon Bee. You I wish you were the Babylon, the Babylon Bee. Bee.
1: I know. Earlier uh, in the Babylon Bee's history, before they sold it uh, to the, the guy who owns it, sold it to another guy. Um, I was trying to get connected with them, but they had a lot going on. Uh, so the Babylon <laughs> Bee Bee.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Satirical, uh, Christian satirical website. So yes. keep that in mind as we go through this, but I thought it was funny and it touches on, um, a lot of the cosmology type stuff that are constant conversations, uh, with our eschatology. listeners. So eschatology. Yes. Um, the, uh, article is titled The Bee Explains. Different viewpoints on the end times. So here we go, people. Don't get triggered. It's satirical. <laughs> remember, here we go. Most people get their eschatology from the Left Behind movies, which is a decent, uh, sorry, decent idea, as long as you're not watching the Nicolas Cage remake. Yuck. But as Christians, we really need to get our viewpoints on the end times from the scriptures. At the Babylon Bee, we want you to understand the nuances of each school of thought, so you can make an informed decision about which one to subscribe to. No matter what Kirk Cameron says, we'll be looking at uh, the three dominant positions: premillennialism, amillennialism, and postmillennialism. Here are some definitions, as told by the Babylon Bee. Premillennialism: the belief that the millennial reign mentioned six times in revelation 20 will be a literal physical thousand year reign of christ on earth usually accompanied by wild-eyed foamy-mouthed prophecies about the nation of israel and the hushed whispers about russia being a bear or dragon or harlot or something (laughs) <laughs> Amillennialism. the belief that the millennial reign mentioned six times in Revelation 20 isn't a millennial reign at all, but rather Christ ruling in the hearts of his people for some weird hippie thing like that. Uh, Post millennialism, the belief that the millennial reign will eventually be ushered in as the gospel spreads throughout the world because humans have clearly been getting better. Not worse. (laughs) Origins. (laughs) Pre-millennialism. Discovered by a sect of ancient druids in the northern England while performing a ceremony underneath the cyclopean smooth rocks of Stonehenge and gazing upon a series of blood moons that miraculously arranged themselves into bizarre non-Euclidean constellations (laughs) resembling the windswept face of John Hagee. The cosmic eldritch horror whispered the long forgotten truths of the gods. Hospital of dispensationalism to the clandestine gathering and premillennialism was born. <laughs> wow, they really Great. went for it on that one.
0: Wait, yeah, going after it. This everybody. is
1: not how to get your church history, but uh, <laughs> it's fun, anyways. millennialism Theologian Michael Horton was reading Revelation chapter 20 while hanging out listening to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in his seminary dorm. He was like, Dude, wouldn't it be trippy if the millennium were actually, like, not a millennium? Whoa, bro. (laughs) Post-millennium, a really optimistic, motivational speaker at the beginning of the 20th century decided the world was getting better and declared that the kingdom of God was almost here. Then some world wars happened, but people were still like, yeah, this is fine. (laughs) Some famous adherents. To pre-millennialism, Hal Lindsey, John Hagee, Jerry Falwell, John MacArthur. Whoa, Johnny Mac, what are you doing lumped up in the crowd like this? You must be so embarrassed, LOL. Amillennialism. People who can't even with the history. <laughs> <laughs> can't even. I like People, that. Yeah. People,
0: People can't who can't
1: even. even with the historical <laughs> grammatical hermeneutics sometimes. Postmillennialism. There are literally three post-millennialists left on the planet. None of them have read the news any in the past 50 years. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, How to man. spot a follower? Pre-millennialism. In case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Bumper sticker. Schofield reference Bible tucked under arms. Stacks of books predicting Jesus will come back in 1988, 1989, 1990, etc. Usually wearing a t-shirt featuring wolves howling at four (laughs) blood moons. I want to get that shirt. That sounds like a cool shirt. Amillennialism can usually be found taking hits of some dank kush while reading the book of Revelation and allegorically <laughs> interpreting everything. Wow, well, they're not huge fans of a millennial. No. <laughs> they're all stoners, huh? Postmillennialism, tough to find, usually huddled up in a cabin in the wild lands where no news of the impending doom facing our nation and world can possibly have reached them. Well, there you have it, dear reader. We pray that your new wealth of information will prove helpful to you in your walk with the Lord. So There you go, Gons. Does that change anything for you? Um,
0: I don't know. The, the amillennialist sounds kind of cool to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, dude knows how to party, man. <laughs>
0: apparently. Anyway, yeah, this is just for fun. But yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously there's more nuance, but this is satire. It's so just satire. This is satire. They're going fun. after the the uh, especially with the premillennialism. Uh I, I, there are nuances with the other two, but it's more straightforward, but there are nuances that aren't really attacked. Premillennialism lumped in with pre-trib rapture,
1: now- uh, dispensationalism.
0: <clears throat> but you know.
1: So I, I was raised in the church, Gons, and mm-hmm. uh, m- most of my rearing was focused on premillennialism. What was your first foray into this eschatology?
0: Uh, Well, yeah, like I didn't grow up in the church, but my yeah. first exposure after I was baptized and everything was uh, definitely the premillennial or pre-trib view. Yeah. Uh, however, I quickly realized that there are there is not a consensus amongst believers no, as no, to no. where they sit. It, and
1: it can get heated.
0: They it can, can get very heated. Get very and most heated. of it most of the division lies on the amillennialism versus premillennialism. And then the debates, you know, between the within the premillennialism, uh, you got your pre-trib and uh, now called pre-Wrath and the post-trib people all arguing with each other. Uh yeah. the amillennialists are abound though. There's a lot more amillennialists out there than you'd expect. And um that's I, I that was kind of troubling to me because my reading of the Bible, just my own studies, was like, hey, it seems that this thousand-year reign of Christ has definitely not happened the way it's described here in the Bible. But uh <coughs> you got a lot of church pastors, especially like mega church pastors, are all taught in the amillennialism a right. uh, school of thought. So uh, which is, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I tend to disagree with it, but I know, you know, it doesn't really change necessarily uh brother or sister of Christ I, based uh, on these positions. Yeah. But
1: I agree with Rocketman man, Sean, in the YouTube chat, he says, uh, I reserve the right to change my stance on the way up. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of where You know, there's been a lot of years we've been, you know, looking into this sort of thing and really probably too, too deep of a way, but uh, that's kind of where I landed. And a lot of other people in our genre are kind of, that's the way. Yeah.
0: I still, I still think uh, the pre wrath view is in terms of a Bible study makes the most sense to me. But again, I also reserve the right to be wrong, especially on the (laughs) way up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's, that'll be a good time to repent of any, uh, <laughs> false there views of go. the rapture. If you're, uh, if you're realizing that you're, you're being taken up to the clouds to meet there you go. the Lord.
1: All right, so. let's, uh, let's keep moving for time's sake here. We're going to let's, uh, you got any news on transhumanism?
2: Transhuman, transhuman. Make way for
0: the I found this article on the wall street journal, the WSJ.com. And I couldn't find the whole article because nobody is republishing this. So I'll read the headline and the first paragraph and that'll be it. Uh, But I think that the point will be given here. Looking forward to the end of humanity. COVID-19 has spotlighted the promise and peril of transhumanism. The idea of using technology to overcome sickness, aging and death It sounds bitterly ironic now in the midst of a global pandemic, but not long ago, some of the most forward-looking people in the world believed that humanity was close to abolishing death. Quote, if you ask me today, it is possible to live 500 years, or is it possible to live 500 years? The answer is yes, said Bill Maris, the founder of Google Ventures in 2015. Three years later, biomedical research Aubrey de Grey estimated that, quote, in the middle age now, or people in middle age now have a fair chance of never dying. And it goes on, of course, talking about eternal life. And uh, we've covered the topic of transhumanism fairly extensively, especially in past episodes. But uh, really making the rounds here, uh, you know, a whole article in the Wall Street Journal, meaning that, you know, people in the up and up are uh, reading about it, being exposed to the idea of transhumanism, and not from necessarily your crazy, hey, we're just, we're going to do this type of situation, but really. In light of the COVID-19 thing, uh, uh, my position has always been to look at who benefits in any given situation, and transhumanists will inevitably become the center of conversation politically, and it just seems like it's creeping in more and more and more, and uh, this is just another example of that. Again, we don't have the whole article, but just to let you guys know that the topic is making its rounds, and it is becoming more and more common in uh, you know in, in people's view, especially since something like a pandemic would spark a technocratic solution uh, or a transhuman solution, if you will. And uh, it, it actually, you know, we uh, we didn't necessarily mention it in the last episode where we quoted Anthony Fauci, Daddy Fauci, saying, you know, uh, science is truth. But that religious statement of science is truth is really the driving philosophy of transhumanism that science will eradicate death one day. And uh, of course, when we're talking about eradicating death, we're talking religious conversation. We're talking directly as to what Jesus solved on the cross. So that's why we bring it up is because uh, that's why I've been looking at it pretty much a couple of years after I was saved was because. You know, it's a very interesting narrative if you compare the end of death, what that means scientifically and technologically as opposed to supernaturally, uh, given, you know, the blood on the cross and everything else. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Wall Street Journal writing about transhumanism and looking forward to the end of humanity.
1: I know uh, it's so crazy to think about when we started podcasting, the transhumanism topic was. The wildest, craziest, fringiest thing we could possibly talk about. And now it's in the Wall yeah. Street Journal.
0: I think Nuts. I think our very first episode of Canary Cry Radio, episode 001, yeah. we talked about transhumanism. Like oh, that yeah. was really our launching point of, hey, we're going to talk about these issues in the context of church because no one's really talking about it. And here we are eight and a half, nine years later, almost 10 years later and yeah. yeah wall street journal 2012 of
1: course people had been talking about it before we got to it yeah but, of course you know, that's yeah. that's what started us on it and my gosh look at where we're at i know um okay and it's let's, even more uh, intense
0: more intense because uh <laughs> i don't know much. about you i don't know about you but
1: uh are you ready to become cyborg Stop this madness. I got an article from biometricupdate.com, which is a crazy website to exist, but here it is. The article is titled, Back to the Ballots for Biometrics in Africa. 1 million dead on Ghana electoral roll, Zambia rushes biometric verification and uh of course as we know, you know the 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 future happens elsewhere guns and only if it works there do we import it uh into America here. And so we've been talking about uh, biometrics when it comes to population control, tracking and of course voting. So here we go. Back to the ballots for biometrics. Not nope nope. That's not it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm lost. Okay, here we go. That's right. Back. uh, Was that right? Okay. Back to the ballots for biometrics. News headlines across Africa this week. In Ghana, Parliament has approved a measure that will recognize only the biometric Ghana card and passport as acceptable ID for voter registration. Hey, you can't have voter registration in Ghana. That's racist. In Zambia, online voter registration is in the cards. Nigeria looks like Huawei for border management. And Huawei. in Kenya, yeah, Huawei, of course, a uh, uh, humongous Chinese population in Nigeria and other African places. So, Huawei, of course, is. In the lead. Uh, Nigeria looks to Huawei for border management. And in Kenya, a, popu- a politician is reprimanded after biometric attendance records showed he had missed too many city- sittings. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Biometrics keeping people in line over there. Ghana, 1 million dead voters, parliamentary approval of registration. And I'll just kind of zoom through. This is kind of a collection of headlines. Yeah. Uh, like I just read you. Um, a constitutional instrument to make the Ghana card and Ghanaian passport the only legal ID credentials acceptable for verifying people in the new round of biometric voter registration has finally come into effect, reports GhanaWeb. The constitutional instrument CI126 was approved by a slim majority and has come under criticism for doing away with the birth certificate. Doing away with the birth yeah. certificate as a means of identification while bringing in the passport the yeah. instrument had previously been withdrawn etc cetera, etc cetera. so they're up in the, uh, the the game over there in ghana now no longer is your birth certificate enough to well, uh, they, register to vote
0: you you kind of skipped over the part where they said that the um uh they removed the driver's license as a form of id as well yes um, previously and now yeah. the birth certificate so they're really just it's a whole thing. If it's a model for what we might face here, they're really going after it. All and, um,
1: biometrics, no way around. All it. All
0: biometrics, and um, yeah, one of the uh, chairs of the constitutional, legal, and parliamentary affairs committee, Ben Abdallah, has said that the checks for acquiring a passport are much more rigorous than the birth certificate, making it more difficult for foreigners to fraudulently acquire. So, yeah, fraud being the the, the problem, reaction, solution, right, right there yes. in play.
1: And of course, let it be stated and known and recognized that uh, we are not intimately familiar with everything going on in Africa and and specifically Ghana. So, you know, I'm not here to say what's best for Ghana. We're just looking at the...
0: We're looking at the tech.
1: Looking at what's going going on around the world and how it might come to us and how that affects us. So, you know, maybe Ghana needs this. I don't know. Uh, but next we got Morocco, the new generation of ID cards for government services available to minors. Now we're getting hmm. the kids in on it. Yep. As Morocco's new biometric ID cards become available Oh, man, biometric ID cards. I just don't like reading that. As Morocco's new biometric ID cards become available, legislation is being updated, which will allow 16-year-olds to apply. And even children with parental permission, reports Morocco World News, children would have to renew their cards at the age of 12 and add their fingerprints yeah. people carrier <laughs> previous versions of ID are not required to move to the new format, but the biometric cards are intended to create secure access to government services as enshrined in the new legislation. All right. So yeah, got
0: this, is, kids. this is a very much the agenda 2030 UN sustainable development thing under one of their plans was to have identification for everybody born in the entire world. Yeah. So this is definitely in line with that moving. In and that if direction. we
1: looked into, I could. This is um, again being clear. I'm not. You know, we would have to look into this a little bit more. Um, but I can almost guarantee that this is all being paid for uh, by other, by not those specific countries. These are people. experiments yeah. uh, being tried out over there whether they need it they or not maybe they do but i almost guarantee they're being paid for by uh you know billionaires around the world who are have an interest in biometrically tracking everybody okay yeah. moving on to zambia electoral registration period halved due to covid-19 uh, I'm going to skip that one. That one's pretty straightforward. Uh, Nigeria Mm-mm. border systems commence contract for frontier management with Huawei. So a cell phone company is uh, contracted for frontier management. The Nigeria mm-hmm. immigration services border management strategy is coming into effect as the Midas – uh, is operating in all the country's international airports. This announcement was made by the Minister of Interior, Rauf Aregbesola, uh, who also discussed how Nigeria's borders are porous and artificial and stated that the NIS is working with Huawei to develop live border monitoring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, with your porous borders and Huawei involved, you know it's going to be a lot of cameras, probably a lot of drones and mm-hmm. uh, maybe some satellites involved. Um, the, yep. uh, the
0: interesting quote from Eric, be, uh, uh, Eric Besola, Um, he's quoted as saying, let me be clear and remind us of the fact that our boundaries are artificial. Mm, yeah. and, and those of us who have traveled or are related to communities at the border posts, I know of a particular village and it goes on. But interesting that one of the, one of the, uh, the minister of interior is saying like, hey, borders aren't real.
1: That's some New World Order speak.
0: Definitely some New World Order speak and uh, Huawei getting in on it.
1: Moving on to Kenya, Nairobi leader suspended over biometric attendance record. Biometric attendance records led to the four month suspension of member of county assembly, Nairobi City, Abdi Guyo, reports the Daily Nation. Guyo, the leader of the majority Jubilee party, will also lose all privileges of MCAs during the suspension, which was triggered after he missed 11 consecutive sittings. So there you go. Now we're talking about some tracking, some biometric tracking uh on the job
0: <laughs> do, you, do you need biometrics to track his attendance though like come on i don't
1: know apparently <laughs> <laughs> like what i don't the know they getting away <laughs> like, what, you can't. what kind of
0: excuse is this is like <laughs>
1: you can't dress not paying up attention, uh, or <laughs> you can't get your buddy to dress up in your suit and carry your id card anymore <laughs> oh yeah maybe that's what it, for it is you. maybe
0: yeah you maybe they, they show can, up <laughs> they can't do the uh, body double trick anymore
1: yeah. But uh, there you go. That's um, some uh, Wakanda
0: go. propaganda
1: going on. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot about the whole Wakanda connection. Yeah, the Afrofuturism. That's Afrofuturism. Afrofuturism at work, folks. It is. It Listen is. Listen to and the last episode if you missed it.
0: It's definitely a lot more uh, tangible than you'd think in yeah. Africa. So no,
1: that's very good. That's. I'm glad we. I'm glad you threw this in here because yeah. it is tangible. Uh, progress. Towards the Af- Afrofuturism, Wakanda, unfortunately, New World Order, um, paid for by elites uh, situation.
0: That's why you listen to the show. We yep. bring all different things here. What's next? Uh, we have a, a money update here. $100 billion. I don't
2: have any money.
1: Blah, 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 blockchain. Wow. A
0: triple triple on
1: Tundra Coindesk.com. Trip
0: PayPal Venmo to roll out crypto buying and selling. Oh, sources geez, wow. say. Oh. Big deal. Big deal. FinTech Giant PayPal plans to roll out direct sales of cryptocurrency to its 325 million users, according to three people familiar with the matter. Uh, I'll just say the quote here. My understanding is that they're going to allow buys and sells of crypto directly from PayPal and Venmo. A well-placed industry source told CoinDesk they're going to have some sort of built-in wallet functionality so you can store it there. It is unclear which or how many cryptocurrencies would be available. The industry source said they expected PayPal quote would be working with multiple exchanges to source liquidity. Mm. A second source confirmed that PayPal is looking to offer buying and selling of crypto and said the service could be expected. In the next three months, maybe sooner.
1: Wow! Buy your Bitcoin now, folks, because uh, one of the biggest <laughs> might go ish, insane. One of the biggest, yeah, one of the biggest uh, criticisms of uh, cryptocurrency is that you know it's not widely available to be used. But once Liquidity. PayPal, the yeah. Once PayPal, the most, you know, uh, the most accessible, I'd say now there's some others like Venmo and such, which is- Well, Venmo's part
0: of PayPal. They're owned by PayPal, I think, so.
1: Oh, did they buy them? Yeah. I think so, Okay. So, uh, you know, now when it's so easy to pay your buddy, uh, you know, crypto for that grilled cheese sandwich, um, that's that's solving the problem of liquidity and ease of use. So we're going to, I, you know, I'm not- is super special for this prediction but the prediction being that this will uh give a nice little bump to your your crypto uh holdings so there you go I, we are not financial <laughs> uh, <laughs> financial professionals don't take my advice um but this is going to be a game changer for cryptocurrency Bitcoin, go to moon. oh there it is i missed that one You missed it um, and we okay. got a
0: couple uh Nephilim updates do for it. everybody. And where's my Nephilim update jingle? Oh no, did I not prepare the Uh-oh. Nephilim update jingle? Uh-oh. That'd be we'll really We'll wait, bad guys. Of me. End
1: the stream.
0: <laughs> I'm canceled. <I'm laughs> gotcha. Cancelled for not having the Nephilim update jingle ready.
2: Nephilim update, Nephilim update, Nephilim
0: update. Do you want to do this first one? Or do you want me to do I'll do both you, of them. It's if yours. You want to? It's yours. Okay. Sci-fi.com. Great source here. Paleontologists find enormous prehistoric egg laid oh by late, Cretaceous marine reptile. This is
1: how it starts, man. This is July, 2020. You get the <laughs> rope, robot, the dinosaur eggs hatch, and that's the end of it.
0: Well, also it's a reptile, which means. Space
1: Pope reptilian. Oh my god! Like our
0: Sir Casey was mentioning here, entering the record books. As the second-largest animal egg ever found on Earth, Wow. paleontologists at Chile's National Museum of Natural History and the University of Texas at Austin have identified a giant fossilized egg belonging to an extinct marine reptile that once swam the waters of Antarctica. Ooh! Some sixty-eight to sixty-eight million years ago, allegedly. I think it's okay, interesting that they it found it chilly. in
1: Is Chile found it? But and then there'll be in an Antarctica where it's really chilly. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: gosh. Uh-huh. Myrrh uh-huh. uh-huh. This The super-sized, contagious <laughs> fossil. First discovered back in Ar- Antarctica in 2011 by Chilean scientist David Rubilar Rogers and his colleagues was originally, originally nicknamed The Thing due Ooh. to its strange, deflated football appearance. Now this rare rel- relic has been officially named and. Arcticulithus bradiei.
1: So creative,
0: and represents the first fossilized egg unearthed in Antarctica. And there's a picture there, diagram that shows how ginormous it is. And I mean, it's big, but it's not not super, super big. It's like the size of a, of a football, I guess. Um, eleven point four by seven point nine inches, and weighs fourteen point three three. Pounds. Wow. 33, oh, 33 30, 30 really, 14.33, yeah.
1: of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wow, they just can't, they just can't help themselves. <laughs> they
0: can't. Uh, quote, it was weird enough that they decided to collect it, even though it wasn't clear what it was. It definitely wasn't boned, but it was strikingly unusual, explained Clark. Quote, many turtles, snakes, and lizards lay eggs with soft, flexible shells. The thing is the largest soft shelled egg ever by a long shot. Mm. So there you go. That's our first
1: clone. We're going to get a clone.
0: I know that's our first Nephilim update. And we got another one.
1: Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim Nephilim update.
0: update. This is the national geographic.com. The picture of a hairy man. Exclusive skull from perplexing ritual site reconstructed. A Scandinavian man lived a long life eight thousand years ago before his skull was selected for a still inscrutable ceremony. Mm. Uh, he's physically imp- imposing, somewhere in his fifties, with a wiry gray beard disappearing into his wild boar cloak. His broad chest is dabbed with chalk, and his pale blue eyes are narrowed, as if he's spotting something in the distance. They Dubbed what? <laughs> what?
1: How do they know what color his eyes are? I was going to
0: say, I don't know. I, they must've figured it out by DNA samples or something. Dubbed Ludwig. He lived in Northern European, Europe, some 8,000 years ago. Maybe they just assumed he's white, you know, blue eyed. Cause it was Europe. It's
1: in Sweden. Yeah.
0: Too bad Ludwig can't talk though, because researchers have many questions for him.
1: Jordan. Is- <laughs> That's where it's found.
0: This is the first racial, uh, f- racial, facial reconstruction from human remains excavated about a decade ago in south-central Sweden at...
1: Kaneljölden.
0: A curious archaeological site where sometime around uh, 6,000 BC... I'm wrong.
1: i i th- I believe a K is a, is a sh sound. Oh, It'll so... It'll be Sjöneljölden. Yeah.
0: Uh, animal and human bones have been deliberately arranged as, uh, or on a submerged stone platform in the center of a small lake. Shaneljolden made international headlines in 2018 when researchers published a report on the excavation, noting that wood preserved inside two of the skulls indicated that at least some of the skulls had been mounted on stakes.
1: Gans, was, I have to interrupt you. We do have a viewer, uh, uh-huh. from Sweden. Okay. Uh, Lota Escato. Uh yeah. help help me help us pronounce that. I'm trying my best. Yes. Maybe pop it in. Shanel Joden. Can...
0: Oh, that's my Schanel-Jodin. attempt. Chanel Um, I'll just keep going here. It was found yeah. on some stakes, which means ritual. And then uh, quote, it's a, it's a very fascinating site to work with and quite complex, said Frederick Halgren, director of the Chanel project from Sweden's The Cultural Heritage Foundation. The facial re- reconstruction was commissioned by the Charlotten, Char- Charlottenborg Slot, a museum in the nearby town of Motala, where it goes on exhibit tomorrow. The museum is housed in a 17th century manor house built by Count Ludwig Luvenhop, uh, ancient Ludwig's reverse namesake.
1: So, this uh, was a Nephilim they found and reconstructed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh... Yeah. Close gotta enough, give, right? I got to give props to uh, Adam42 uh, in the chat way earlier in the show. He referenced, uh, oops, I married a Nephilim, which is ah. my. Uh, going to be my, my exit strategy. It's the, the TV show sitcom that I invented on the right. Joy Spiracy theory.
0: Yes. How's that going, by the way? Is it uh, uh,
1: making progress? Still in casted- pre-pro. Still in pre-pro. A lot of pre-pro. Okay. <laughs> Still looking okay. for my uh, my was uh, looking for a, a, my connections in Hollywood to help me get that one made.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, it says here researchers were able to obtain DNA data from six of the nine skulls, enabling them to determine the skin, hair, and eye color of individuals. There you go. Some Mesolithic Europeans likely had darker skin tone than modern inha- inhabitants, a fact reflected in the recent recreations of two women who lived in Scandinavia. Around the time of Ludwig or later, while Ludwig is light skin and light eye DNA from a female skull that will be reconstructed next year indicates that she was blonde but darker-skinned, attesting to the genetic complexity of Scandinavia at the time. Grafman is uh, eager to see how Ludwig is received by the 21st century residents of Motala and views the reconstruction as a way to build bridges between people across space and time. Quote, that's what we try to do in all kinds of different areas, whether it's like this reconstruction or when we read books about other people or we see art that connects us. She says it. Uh, I think it's important to find the connections between people or the strange creatures that lived a long time ago. Nephilim
1: update. Nephilim update. Nephilim
2: Nephilim Nephilim update. Nephilim 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 update.
1: Well, there you go, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Now, remember us because uh, we work exclusively on the value-for-value model. We have turned down all offers for advertisement on the show because we do not believe in gaining your trust and your attention and turning it around and selling it for our own personal gain. But – uh, that means that we rely on our producers, which are people who financially support the show or help with production by creating art or jingles or uh, music, show-specific show, show specific music uh, for the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show. So stick around. Um, but I want to thank all of our new producers and congratulate again uh, Sir Casey Knight Marshall of the Ether. Thank you so much for your support support over the years you are the man and uh, we will continue to knight and dame our loyal and generous producers remember if you want to start your uh, your journey towards knighthood or damehood you can go to patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk sign up to support the show or you can head over to canary slash support
2: canary Cry Radio com slash
1: that's right and there you can uh, sign up through PayPal for a, a, a uh, monthly um, support or you can do a one time donation we've had some uh, very generous one time donations come through and uh, we'll I'll just d- tease we'll have some more nightings at least one more nighting I think yeah one or two um, so thank you very much for that and uh, again that's canarycryradio.com com slash support you can give through paypal and cryptocurrency if you do send us cryptocurrency remember you got to send us an email if you want credit for it because uh it's a a pseudo anonymous and we're not hackery enough to to track you down so thank you very (laughs) much um i want to thank everybody who created the jingles today um am i missing anything guys I think we're pretty
0: much there. Okay.
1: Now, yeah. remember, you can also support the show if uh, financially is not in the cards for you. We totally understand. But you can also help out the show, A, by leaving a rating and a review uh, on our RSS feeds on the Apple podcast player or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast version. And if you haven't yet, remember to f- to subscribe to the podcast just in case uh, you miss a live stream or something like that. Uh, the show still goes up and it's there forever. So just search Canary Cry News Talk on whatever podcatcher you use um, and leave a rating and a review. I think we're going to, I think we'll read a couple next show guns because there's been some good ones. Um, so do that we'll read it on the show it'll be super fun but also remember that one of the best ways to to spread the show is simply by sending an episode uh, to a friend or loved one or just letting them know word of mouth hey you know a lot of people in your life are starting to wake up starting to question uh, the reality that they've been sold and uh, a great way to help them along that journey is to hook them up with Canary Cry News Talk. We're good here. We're friendly, and we're a great start for those who are uh, waking up. So make sure to share. Word of mouth is the the best way to spread the show. Um, and remember, if you want some advice on how to share it with your friends or family, you just walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few
2: cages. Hey, stop that. Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man! A crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! rattle a few cages. Rattle a few
1: cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve.
2: And if they don't?
1: Ask Noah. Just ask Noah. That's right, folks. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, you can get all the links to uh, the articles that we read on the show by going to canarycrynewstalk.com in the show notes there. Um, It's very valuable to uh, make sure you grab all those links, read the articles for yourselves, and share them with the people who need them. And remember to tell them to uh, come and listen to the show both live stream and on the podcast thank you so much remember to follow us at twitch.tv slash canary cry radio and we will be back what's today guns monday oh my gosh Oh my gosh, yeah. it's only Monday. I know. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll be back on Wednesday uh, for Twitch, Twitch Blackout, Blackout Day. Day. We yeah. uh, you know, we apologize if that offends anybody, but we got uh, kids to support. So thank you very much. We will be here on Twitch Blackout Day on Wednesday. Um, so make sure to tune in. But until you do, remember to think outside the cage.
2: Mm-hmm. into candles.
1: And if you're an artist or a musician, email us at canarycryradio.com Nope. At gmail.com
2: In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People. I'll keep you safe and on in my people's zoo I'll keep the cameras on now in my people's zoo you, yeah you in my people's zoo
1: it will kill
2: Few cages. I'm the last angry man. Don't ever silence I'm me. The oh, 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 I'm the last angry man. I'm the last green man. do will ever silence I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.